Bling Blong, everyone. Our new podcast miniseries, Talking Mission Hill, is now exclusively on Patreon. Put on your spicy pants every Friday with a new podcast covering each episode of the cult series from Simpsons legends Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. $5 subscribers at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons can hear every episode, plus all of our previous miniseries about Futurama, King of the Hill, and The Critic. So don't be a Beardsley. Sign up for Talking Mission Hill today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons, the podcast endorsed by comedians like Bill Crosby and David Letterson. I'm your host, Tuborg Drinker Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today as always. Hey, it's Henry Gilbert, and I'm putting all my money on Furious George. And who do we have on the line? Hi, I am Teen Sensation, Toby Jones. And today's episode is The Mansion Family. Don't worry about a thing! We'll take good care of your house! Look at me! I'm a billionaire! Today's episode aired on January 23rd, 2000, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. (gasps) Oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby! My local team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, lose big in the AFC Championship to the Tennessee Titans, Rage Against the Machine plays on Wall Street and briefly shuts it down, and Mario Party 2 is released on the Nintendo 64. It's the game that won't disable your joints and uh, tendons. Yes, uh, Mario Party 2 is uh, the game box art is the one of Mario in a cowboy costume with the finger guns. Yep. Yeah, they're all wearing cute costumes. (laughs) That, That one, I think it's a fan favorite among the Mario Party aficionados. I think the second one is beloved. And it is the one that removed the hand hand and joystick can destroying uh, mini games. Yeah. yeah, I want to believe that was not cynical. They're like, here's what you can do with an analog stick, right? And they didn't expect kids <laughs> to like game the system, you know? Yeah, and <laughs> I think they even had a lawsuit threatened on Yeah, they had it, to yeah. distribute uh, gloves, the special uh, <laughs> Mario Party gloves. Oh. Not, this is not a joke. They had to do it. I wore out the inside of my palm on, uh. and then only I <laughs> control. That sounded gross. No, but I really did. That was my brother. When I was trying to do it with the thumb, he was like, uh, no, you put your whole palm over the sti- analog stick and just spin it as Until fast Until you create you can. that N64 dust and you freebase it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like hammering the power pad with your hands. Yeah, Actually, yeah. like when kids were first using the Nintendo gamepad, they were being diagnosed with what doctors are calling Nintendo thumb uh, because yes. we just weren't used to holding a control like that. And I know when I first got a Nintendo, I played it for so long that I did get blisters. Like literally oh, yeah. get got blisters on my thumbs from playing it because <laughs> my soft hands were not used to the, that sharp plastic. It's getting hard work. It's getting calluses from a job well done. Uh, are we uh, Mario Party enjoyers or haters here? Never liked hard. it. Uh, Never liked it. I had some good times with Mario Party. I, I haven't bought one in uh, four, eight or eight. I think eight was maybe. I probably reviewed ten. Uh, I'm a longtime lover of the, of the Mario Party franchise. I've played every single one. I have a lot of memories growing up of playing specifically the only the 50 turn Mario Party game. Oh, so God. we play for hours and hours and hours and just slowly go insane. So that was part of the fun. It is kind of torture. Uh, obviously, the franchise has seen uh, better better days. Super Mario Party was a step in the right direction, but I think we really need like a leap in the right direction. I- I'm always hoping for the next 
my next hit of Mario Party. Mario Party fans are what I call friend havers, and that's not my bag. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think their attempts to streamline it kind of go against the grain of what Mario Party is supposed to be. It needs to be a giant time waste. It should tear uh, your family and friends apart. <laughs> yeah, it, need, it needs to be miserable and destructive. And uh, arbitrary. And if it's not that, it's nothing. Yeah, just like Monopoly and other physical board games that tear families apart, a, a digital one needs to do the same. And you just mentioned in the news the, the Jaguars, as you yes. would probably say, say yeah. in Florida, in the, in the, in the Floridian, Floridian tongue. I always I always said Jaguars. Jaguar. Jaguar, yes. Uh, that's yeah, the Jaguar. This, uh, so this means we're two weeks away from the Super Bowl. Uh, in the Simpsons timeline, but Simpsons didn't have a Super Bowl episode this year, so they won't have anything. But uh, no rerun of the Denver Broncos. Uh, maybe they, I think they did. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I I should double check that before our next episode. But the uh, but the uh, yeah the AFC Championship game it was a big deal for the Jaguars because they were a relatively new team into early 2000. Getting into the if they'd won the AFC Championship, they'd have been in the Super Bowl. Wow! But uh, but instead they lost it to what what would become their great rivals, the Tennessee Titans, and uh, then the Titans would go on to lose to the Rams in the Super Bowl. The Jaguars have not been in an AFC Championship game uh, again until three years ago when they lost to the Patriots. So, uh, but good, they're good times. They're still beautiful big cats. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and of course the Rage Against the Machine shutting down Wall Street. Uh, you may have seen this in the Sleep Now in the Fire music video. If you remember the the Michael Moore, it. it's the Michael Moore directed one, which you'll know because Michael Moore appears in it multiple times. Just to <laughs> let you know, Michael Moore directed that Rage Against. He's the Machine. like Hitchcock. You can't miss him in those shots, right? Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty iconic. Uh, I mean, he almost—they almost got arrested for trying to. They played a impromptu performance in front of the uh, the big Wall Street building and. They uh, were threatened with arrest, but were not. And so, uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a memorable old video about how you know, uh, you know, Bush and Gore are the same dude, and you never talk about that kind of thing now. No mm -hmm. way. It's a very different time twenty years ago. Hey, anyway, <laughs> Toby, welcome yes. back to the show. Earl pal, Toby Jones. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me to talk about this exceptionally noteworthy episode from uh, season 11. Yeah, we, we last had you on with uh, with Ian Jones Quirty to talk about the first episode or the first premiering episode. Yeah, of that yeah. kicked off our season one revisit, which I believe everybody loved. Mm -hmm. And it was all thanks to you. You brought us the goodwill we needed to uh, to pitch that to our audience. Hell yeah. Yeah, well, I th that was a great listen. I loved all those season one uh, new episodes. And uh, I mean, Toby, did you do you have specific memories from watching this back in two thousand? You mu you must have been seeing this one live. Uh, it gets a little fuzzy here. I uh, season eleven was 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 my time when I was growing up as a teen that I was starting to kind of uh, lose interest a little bit. I was watching it a little more intermittently. I was much more into your South Parks, your Family Guys, your Clerks, your Darius, your Dilberts. Uh -huh. All the other primetime shows were, were you know, seeming like greener grass at the time. Uh, but I did I did catch this episode. I think I caught it as a rerun in the summer. And a, some of these episodes at the time, they just kind of bummed me out a little bit. You know, there's a little <laughs> bit, uh, they seemed a little bit cynical, a little bit mean. I remember watching uh, the Focus In episode. And as a kid growing up with ADD, I was kind of like, I don't know about this one. Mm. Uh, and uh, and so this one, same deal. I watched it. And of course, 
a lot of these episodes actually still have some pretty memorable and great jokes in them. And in fact, this is a super weird detail, but the joke later in the episode where Homer shows his invitation for a box social. Yeah. Uh, I made a replica of that for my graduation party uh, in high school. Oh, uh, nice. so, so there's so there's still I still have some connection to, to the episode, even if it's not one of my all time favorites. This one, I don't know why. Maybe I just watched it a lot when I recorded it. Maybe it was syndicated a lot in my area, but I have so much of this episode memorized and I was laughing out loud uh, very loudly in my apartment for some <laughs> of these lines. <laughs> I'm a sucker for burn stuff, and there's a lot of great burn stuff. This is a very Swartzweldery episode, mm. and I think it is uh, one of the greats of this season, even though it contains one of Homer's most vile acts as a human being. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, yeah I, I I remembered some of the meme stuff in this. Uh, oh, lots that, of yeah. meme stuff came out of this one, too. It's true, it's true. But, uh, but yeah, my strongest memories from watching this fresh in 2000, unfortunately, were like my Simpsons fan grumbles, especially especially about the vile act you just uh, alluded to. That was the moment I was like, I don't like this. Yeah. Like, I didn't like that moment. But there's this is a strong episode yeah. in season 11 terms, for sure. And yeah. uh, I do value it because, like, we're, uh, the tail end of season 11, there's some dark times ahead. I mean, yeah. uh, behind the laughter is the light at the end of that tunnel, folks. We're going to get through <laughs> it. When you're going to help us. Yeah, but uh, but I mean, it's, next it's good there's a bright spot here. <laughs> next week is Saddlesore Galactica. Yeah. The week after that is Alone Again Natural Diddly. So. Uh, oh man! Yeah. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. You also have the uh, the Florida episode coming up, right? <sighs> kill the, the alligator and run. Yeah, yeah, kill the gator and run. Yeah, I yeah. mean people people assumed, uh, and I will rub this in their faces. They assumed Principal and the Popper would destroy us. We no, overcame it, great. and we proved to you it was good. I can't I can't say we'll do the same for these future episodes, <laughs> but uh, we love talking about it, no matter the quality of what we're talking about. I think we're going to uh, maybe shine some new light on these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this episode is Swartzweldery as hell. Like, it's, it's late in his writing stuff. I mean, he's still going to write for another few years on the show, mm-hmm. but uh, this, uh, I mean, this is so full of wacky Burns-isms. There's, me and Bob watched a couple of the deleted scenes in this, though. I was like, man, these are good. There's two like good Swartzweldery jokes too that they cut out just for time. And though apparently the the oldest person in town thing comes from uh, Mike Scully's own life too. That his grandma was the oldest person in town. That's <laughs> right. And she was given a cane, like a golden cane or a cane with a golden tip, but they wouldn't inscribe her name on it until after she died. <laughs> it's so cruel. What? Yeah, yeah. It it seems just like a weird tradition of like you only get it if after you die. It will we put your name on the thing which is so mean like just let her in see it when she's alive and also tell the oldest person like it as we all know when you're dead this is what we're gonna do and the uh, the medical stuff is based on john swartzwelder's actual life because john swartzwelder i mean wasn't a lot of uh, the character ron swanson from parks and rec based on him i feel pretty sure yeah about that. but yeah. it's like he was a, a smoker i mean he's still alive thankfully yeah. he's a smoker he basically just eats nothing but red meat doesn't take care of his health has all these very weird ideas about exercise like his idea of exercise is once a day he runs as fast as he can to get the mail and back and that's all he has to do (laughs) and because he has Simpsons money like every couple of years four or five years he would go to the Mayo Clinic to get a full checkup on everything with the best doctors and that was his way of keeping his health in check but like not you know maintaining a diet or regular exercise just going to the best doctors every five years to get himself checked living the dream Uh, I mean those yeah this this 
commentary is uh, has a lot of Schwarzwalder stories like that. It, when you hear all these uh, comedy writers sharing all these stories about Schwarzwalder, like you can see how so many characters on comedies connected to the simpsons end up with Schwarzwelder type characters yeah but, i yeah. think uh, one of the writers uh, maybe it was jennifer crittenden she left the simpsons and she was pitching ideas about kramer that were from Schwarzwelder's own life and they're like that's too crazy <laughs> yes that's right yeah it might not have been her it was somebody that left the simpsons and went to seinfeld I, but I, she's one of them i think you're right it yeah. was her yeah also just he was it sounds like he was a total troll in the writer's room yeah for say. all these fancy harvard boys <laughs> right yeah yeah, <laughs> including, I mean, they tell the story on there of just like, uh, they said that my smoking actually improved my health or or him saying like, scientifically, there's more rainforest now than there ever have been. All these kind of statements just to really get a rise out of uh, a bunch of uh, Hollywood liberal writers. And basically so talented, uh, we said this a billion times, but so talented that they let him work from home after the uh, California smoking ban in like 1994 when he couldn't smoke in the office anymore. Like work from home, drive Drive your insane giant car to our studio every week to drop stuff off, and you're fine. I've, I've heard that legend many times, and apparently, he, I think he doesn't he have like a diner booth built in his house or something that he that he works from. I remember hearing that somewhere. Yeah, when that same smoking ban happened in California in the mid '90s, he basically had uh, he used to write all of his stuff in like this one diner, and essentially he had that installed in his apartment or house yeah. to simulate the experience. And I know I miss working from outside my home house so much during quarantine that I'm thinking of doing the same thing, like building like a little mini coffee shop in a corner of my living room at this point i mean i'm at the point now that i miss like inconveniences that made me upset from before quarantine for quarantine from before quarantine quarantine i miss like i miss like being pissed waiting in line and just being inconvenienced in miserable ways now that's how bad it's gotten <laughs> uh i miss i miss being in a line at amc theaters and thinking like look at those people in their fancy fast line i hate them so much <laughs> Uh, and uh, and also yeah, this episode directed by Jim Reardon, who is still supervising director. So I th I guess it was uh, standard then. You'd still direct one oh, or two. I have uh, Michael Polcino as the director of this one. Oh okay, you know what? He's the next one. Yeah. Sorry, I mixed that up because yeah. I actually have a little bit of a of a director's corner. Oh, for this him. is his first directing one, yeah. isn't it? That's right. So, My bad. No, it's okay. I'll I'll go into this. It's very simple. So Michael Polcino, uh, obviously brother of Dominic Polcino, he had been directing on The Simpsons since um he directed his first episode was Sideshow. Bob's Last Gleaming. Last one was Lard of the Dance. Michael, his brother, still directing as of season 31. He joined the show in season 3 as a character layout artist on Bart the Murderer. And throughout the 90s, wow. he'd be gone for a few years here and there working on other things, but he basically didn't go anywhere after the year 2000. He's just been on The Simpsons for the past uh, to almost 21 years now. He never did the ceremonial... I uh, never did the ceremonial hopping over to King of Hill for a while or anything like that. I, I think I might have seen like one King of the Hill credit, but just like I think if you're at Film Roman, you were just a available for other stuff it seems yeah. it's it seems like if, if you are free one uh one two week period on the simpsons king of the hill would give you something to do like yeah and yeah so 20 years on the simpsons directing a lot of episodes uh one interesting fact i have about him is that like a lot of the mission hill directors that we covered one of his first things was that dare special the land of decisions and choices wow man that uh, oh, that thing again yeah, yeah that wow. popped up like three times in our director's corners for, on talking mission hill our patreon only miniseries about mission hill but yeah for some reason a lot of the same people maybe they're all from like the same class at cal arts or something or who knows maybe they all just worked on that because they knew each other uh, i definitely watched that the moment i heard about it in your mission hill podcast and it's super fascinating 
it's uh, amazing to see like dare dare could just hire Klasky chupo to make a simpsons rugrats mashup basically but about uh saying no to living cigarettes and bottles of beer so uh, that's like how all the people who were at the sex pistol show started a band it's like that, <laughs> that kind of story except for a a dare special uh the, those Polchino brothers they are uh they they are a strong part of uh primetime animation for years i i mean dominic i guess is more prolific i think he because he made it up to like supervising director level on yeah on like uh, in rick and morty oh, and yeah, harman yeah. quest and things like that but uh yeah michael's just been on the simpsons for the past 20 years which is not yeah. a just been on the simpsons yes. it's a very important show to be on for that long and uh, as far as i know he's still on it i think the last episode that he was credited was a march of 2021 so presumably okay. unless he left and i didn't know it he'll be on for the next season which is 32 i believe i, I would assume he's on production 32 yeah yeah which uh they're they're still plugging away they it, it seems like it's going as the same as usual i i hate to brag again but i think we got one of the last uh table reads they'll probably ever do i would think yeah we went to a 32 table read back yeah. in uh, january right november november, november. wow yeah. what is time uh, it's, <laughs> it's part of that listing of like remembering the last couple of months of things you did being like oh i'm glad i got to do that before everything went away <laughs> like i just think about like foods i ate with friends the last week or like the fact that i did karaoke i'm like yeah i'm glad i got that in you know before it was too late <laughs> i basically went to I got Simpsons table read in. i basically went to like every sort of indoor gathering possible like a concert a comedy show and a movie all like a week before yeah. it was a uh, good timing on my part on both of us in february we did disneyland disneyland yeah. we both went to disneyland yeah and and i went to that live uh chapo trap house show too which now i think back like boy we were all just hey, shaking each other's hands that was like Kissing. two weeks before <laughs> yes uh, uh, you know what anyway uh so yeah this episode well i like the i do like the opening couch gag of just the they have a new design for kid homer i always like when they they don't just pull out an old kid homer design i like how and his, that. Yeah. his weird maggie doll because they can't like down age maggie so homer has a maggie doll oh yeah that is yeah. weird yeah that there it's a it's an all yellow one like there's not clothes on the doll that's odd yes <laughs> yeah it feels vaguely unfinished <laughs> uh and then the episode goes straight into more another hallmark of the scully years though not that the simpsons didn't do it before scully but so many like direct hollywood business parody stuff like this is what it's like to be at the emmys you know like that that definitely seems to be the feeling of this uh, opening bit here toby you've probably been to a few award shows in your time right yes well i've been to not the emmys exactly but the creative arts emmys ah, which is yes. where all which is where all of the scum of the earth who make cartoons go <laughs> they get their own their own other emmys and and at the creative arts emmys they don't have seat fillers but they just basically politely ask people to scoot forward uh as the night goes on because you know once your thing doesn't get an emmy you leave and you don't want to hang out in there for another four or five hours as all this goes on i like to stay sometimes because it's pretty it's pretty interesting but like basically they're like please scoot forward into a lower row so that the ones that are on camera appear filled is basically what they do oh wow man hollywood secrets I, but <laughs> well those those creative art emmys like i only know them as the clips they show on the regular emmys but they they now broadcast the whole things uh don't they or i i think they're more available now I think they do. I think it might be streaming. I think one year it might have aired on FXX or something. I, I have a vague memory of like telling my mom, like, 
hey, you can try to find it if you go to this channel. Uh, and look, it's not like it's not nice and it's not cool. Like the, the, the meal afterward can be a lot of fun and the food can be really good. And it's like a pretty cool party. Uh, you know, obviously excuse to get dressed up. Uh, but I haven't been nominated for an Emmy in a long time. Uh, <laughs> I, I heard it's a, it's a pleasure just to be nominated. Isn't yeah. that true? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, of course. <laughs> Unless you're OKKO, OK in which case you've never been nominated. I'll be, bitter, I'll be bitter about that for the rest of my we life. We should boycott these boo. Emmys. Yeah. That's boo. a great idea. Let's do that. No, wait, no, please nominate me for stuff. <laughs> I uh, the closest I got to those creative art Emmys was or an Emmy event was I was at the LA Live area in uh, 2013 for a pro wrestling video game event because that's also where SummerSlam was happening and one it was the Saturday beforehand I believe and I was just uh, I'd finished something and was just hanging around and I just see people walking around LA Live or sitting at tables with Emmys on them and I'm like that's a person <laughs> with Emmy winner right there just cutting their steak with it <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, but yes, this award show is an excuse to bring in the then quite recently famous oh, yeah. Britney Spears. And uh, I'll play the clip first before we get into oh, God. all of the Britney things. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman. And I'm teen sensation Britney Spears. <laughs> and I'm Kent Brockman. With Britney Spears. And we're here to present the 65th Annual Spring Field Pride Awards. Tonight, we'll be recognizing outstanding members of the Spring Field <laughs> community. This is my year, March. Everyone knows I'm what makes this city great. I don't know. There's a lot of buzz around Lenny. Love this, Jeff. Our first Springfield Pride Award goes to a local legend, a man who brings laughter and joy to the children of Springfield. <laughs> With his big red nose and baggy pants. Krusty the Clown! Hey, hey! <laughs> who are you? Seat filler. Uh. <laughs> I like that little, I kept in that final one of Homer Early. Sitting on the floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great uh, pose on Lenny. I've seen that memed a lot. So yeah. good. I I always forget it's from this episode. They're yeah. having a lot of fun with Lenny in season 11 because they're oh, like, yeah. who is Lenny? Let's <laughs> let's like, go into this. Who is this character? We're only a few episodes removed from not Lenny. And uh, I was just wondering about that. Yeah, that, that's like, I feel like that's the Lenny joke that acknowledges the Lenny character and his place in the world. Yeah, we talked to John Vitti uh, in an interview and he was describing like, I'm the creator of Lenny and Carl, but they're just like two extra extra people homer needed to talk to they had no characters yeah they, they, in those original season one scripts there's so many times where homer has to talk to another person and they didn't decide who they were like in the pre lenny and carl episodes he's just talking to other guys who like never appear again and they all are just in radiation suits yeah uh lenny lenny and carl though stuck because they were just named dudes and also their voices are funny hank and harry do funny voices for the guys and yeah the just the lenny the shot of lenny with his steeple fingers looking like the very serious actor waiting to find out if they're going to get the Oscar like that's really great The Simpsons will be right back
Welcome to the break, everybody. Big thank you to our guest, Toby Jones, this week for helping us explore the Mansion family. You should follow him on Twitter at TobyTobyJones and keep an eye out for all the cool stuff he does. And why not watch OKKO? It's on Hulu and HBO Max right now. And you know, if you enjoy this podcast, you should be thankful for all of the awesome supporters at Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons that you could be a part of as well. Me and Bob do this as our full-time job. Thanks to the amazing support of folks like you at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons, $5 a month subscribers. Not only get to hear this podcast and the sister podcast, what a cartoon each week, a week early and ad free, but they also get access to dozens, dozens of exclusive podcasts done in the talking Simpsons style. If you were a Patreon subscriber, you could listen to our whole back catalog of us covering every episode of the critic, the first season of King of the Hill, the first and second season season of Futurama, the full series of Mission Hill. Coming soon, we're going to be finishing off that second season of Futurama. And you can only hear those if you're a $5 subscriber at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. If you want to live with the true luxury that Mr. Burns enjoys, you should head up to the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. At the premium level, you get all that $5 stuff I just talked about. And then you get our monthly What a Cartoon Movie. Me and Bob talk about an animated feature film in the Talking Simpsons style, often for up to or over four hours. This month, you're going to hear us talk about the Aladdin sequel, Return of Jafar. We go deep into the creation of that. Before that, we did 1995's Ghost in the Shell, The Black Cauldron, Space Jam, and a huge back catalog is open to you if you sign up at the $10 level. Over 100 hours of podcasts you've never heard before of me and Bob talking about animated feature films like Kiki's Delivery Service, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Beavis and Butthead, Do America, tons, tons more. Sign up at that $10 level to get it all at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Yeah, so Britney Spears, she's Uh-oh. here. Here she is. I wasn't aware of this, but like right after I watched this and took notes, I listened to a podcast that, uh, for whatever reason, things were just happening with her in her uh, Instagram and stuff, and they brought this up, and I was like, "This is what's going on with Britney Spears." I had no idea. Yeah, you're saying you're saying that there was recently new additional stuff going on with Britney Spears. Yes, yeah, at, yeah. Uh, so at the time of this recording, which is on July 16th, there was some new stuff going on with the hashtag Free Britney movement which uh if you haven't been paying attention to it you just know britney spears is like yeah that singer from when i was young uh, who i guess still does stuff like uh her life sounds like it sucks uh allegedly uh these uh, but but so if you guys remember in 2008-09 when everybody was like britney spears is going crazy she shaved her head all that stuff oh i watched meet the spartans i've seen it yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
uh yeah the in, in the in the leave britney alone response stuff all yeah. that that was when she was going through you know a tough time in her life which also included like battles over the custody of her children divorce all these things and uh, and she also wanted to stop performing and the alleged situation is that because of her you know imbalanced episode she was having that her management which included family members successfully got the courts to put her under a conservatorship which basically put her in a situation that not unlike what she was in as a teen which is they have complete control of her career and her money and all these things like so the last decade of her career more than that britney spears has been forced to perform and do all these things well not forced but instructed to do all these things by a conservatorship that has all the money she can't touch and it just sounds like a very bad situation for britney spears and uh there's rumors that you know people of these letters she wrote in 2008 about how controlled she is and how she's in a worse place now than then and how uh, yeah. her family her father is now has a restraining order against her children and like it means maybe she can't see her kids it's it's just incredibly messy and there's these just like uh, i mean who knows what has happened since then uh, when you're listening to this but there's just been these really haunting videos she's put on her instagram just like what is happening with this woman is she yeah. okay yeah it's uh it's bad it seems like a very bad scene for Britney Spears. I just feel, I feel bad for her, even if, if uh, under the conservatorship, it seems to imply that like she has mental health issues that would make her need supervision. But even if that is the case, if we were to believe that side of it, I don't think it's healthy that a person with those problems is made to perform all the time and constantly earn money for people like she, she should probably be taken care of in some other way but uh yeah so yeah. that was the that's the free britney hashtag i uh rabbit hole i fell down and i hope things well, are better now in september when you're listening to this yeah it's, it's one of those things and i don't know how it is now but certainly when that was all starting in the in the in the 2000s you know there was this feeling that people were getting a lot of pleasure from watching this person fall apart you know oh yeah uh, and, and that was something that was very very difficult to stomach because it's just the thing that always happens where it's like given enough time a popular thing when the people start to grow out of it they actually turn on it and it's not enough to like move on from it they must see it destroyed you know yeah. uh, and so it's very painful i don't i don't know what the tone is around it right now but it was very hard to watch then yeah i mean south park is right about 17 percent of the time and this is one of the things that they were right about like we must mm. destroy this the beautiful young woman we, yeah. we hate her now. Yeah, and that everybody well, is using her and making her life worse. Like, I mean, she's, but also like, I I think if she has any any you know mental health issues, I would think that probably stems from being famous your literally entire life and never having a childhood yeah. and having every single person talk about every piece of your body every second that you exist. I, I who who could stay sane yeah. in that kind of world? I mean, the free Britney people have all kinds of theories and. I mean, some of them seem valid. Like she could have had like late onset mental illness, like schizophrenia or something, things that don't really emerge until you're in your 20s. And then like the people you're making money for, are like she can't stop making money. You yeah. got to put her in a gilded cage and trot her out, drug her up, trot her out, make her dance. 
put her back in the cage. That's what it seems like to me. But yeah. I don't know the truth. But yeah. it seems very likely that could be the tragic case behind all this. And uh, to bring it back to this episode of The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Uh, for humor, comedy. Huh. On, uh, <laughs> well, on the commentary, they bring up that, like, she had very intense management uh, at the recording. Like, yeah. on the commentary, they almost feel like they're about to make fun of Britney and, like, mock her as, as people did in 2000. There is a joke. Yeah. They're like, oh, by the way, she was sober for this. Oh, God. It, it was right after the Leave Britney Alone stuff, probably like 2009 ish, when they recorded yeah. these commentaries. I don't know how much we want to get into the scene, of course, but the scene in which Britney appears is kind of its own whole thing because it's like because firstly it's the usual season 11 thing of like wow isn't the celebrity the coolest person ever the celebrity so much cooler than all of our characters <laughs> yes. uh, and then it becomes the much more uncomfortable thing of like wow she's so sexy uh, and it's like Yay. well that yeah especially the sexual thing like she I do not believe when this aired she was 18 yet like uh, yeah. because I am a, I think I'm like around exactly the same age as her. You know, Bob, why don't you Google that? I see your hands. <laughs> but I, she was, if she even was 18, that still is like, yeah, it's too, but I mean that they're making jokes about how she was, she was so heavily marketed as that as, at 16. Yeah. That, she was 18. Okay. She was 18. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But still, even then she's like just 18. Like, yeah, I, that's weird. And in the behind the scenes story, they told of like they had her say, "I'm teenage songbird, Britney Spears," and then they said the management like immediately got in their face, like, "Hey, you're making fun of her with that. That must be some sort of joke." No. So like, she says, "Sensation." She says, "Teen sensation." Yeah. yeah. I mean, she doesn't get a lot to do in here. The only thing I don't like is that like the caricature of her isn't very good. Mm -hmm. I I think Nina says this a lot. Uh, she does like a lot of great art and stuff, and she says that a lot of artists are afraid to caricature women, you know, because it may, could make them uglier sure and you want sure. to be a little more sensitive about those things but it also often leads to a, a worse caricature of a person like if you show me this drawing i wouldn't immediately say oh yeah britney spears you know it's a, a they could have said that's christina aguilera at any second yeah like, yeah that's her too yeah it yeah it's uh it's not the best drawing of her other than they have her in one of her music video outfits like she is recognizable to that extent and and they got britney spears at a at like the Perfect. right time for her yeah like honestly she was too famous for the simpsons like th four months after this because i looked at the timeline of her singles and stuff so uh hit me baby one more time her first hit single which uh now to watch it i'm like i feel like i should be in jail watching it uh but the the <laughs> catholic schoolgirl costume one but that was i was in catholic school <laughs> every day was like that <laughs> uh, but that's uh november 1998 and when she appeared in this in January 2000, it's just two months away from the debut single, Oops, I Did It Again. So. And we can, yeah. we can definitely thank uh, Mike Scully's daughters for getting Britney Spears and NSYNC, because I'm sure he wouldn't even know yeah, that's about true. this stuff. Yeah. I think from now on, I want to start disparagingly calling people songbirds and see how they feel about <laughs> it. Hey, songbird. Hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, I'm a sensation. <laughs> maybe that means something worse in the Disney in the Disney club of the kid i don't know i would have called her a chanteuse <laughs> it's a word no one ever gets to use it's fun it'd be funny to hear her say that yeah i i think also you mentioned there his daughters i believe he said she was nice to his daughters that day so yeah. i think i think this was one of the days scully called in his daughters like hey dad's meeting britney spears come on down 
which I'd want to show off for them. And uh, yeah, I, so she, I think she's as funny as she can be with the stuff they wrote for her. Like I, the weirdest thing to me though is how much they, she's in this way more than I thought she uh, was, or I remember. Yeah, too. me too. And Cause, the, cause there's multiple joke phases. There's the joke phase of her and Kent Brockman finishing the sentence, which is pretty funny. And then it kind of goes into the whole other joke phase with the, uh, with the old man and everyone being horny. <laughs> I do like the gag they're making with Brockman. That is like whenever an older established person is, is at an award show next to the new hot thing, you do kind of get the feel they're mad that, they're next to a person they think they're more famous than like you know if you see say warren Beatty next to some younger person they're like i'm warren Beatty. i'm the biggest thing in town kent realizing like if we talk at the same time i can get all the applause like that that's good <laughs> and uh, i really love the design of the springfield pride award too the jebediah statue is really great yeah like uh they don't actually use jebediah that often in the series so it's mm. cool to see some recognition of hans sprungfeld <laughs> <laughs> and and they redesign his pointing finger to a oh, yeah. thumbs up on it too i really like that and also i think when this joke happened i had heard of the idea of seat fillers by that point i and ironically the golden globes also happened the same night as this episode of simpson apparently the seat fillers off, off also take over your husbandly duties like he puts his <laughs> arm around marge and marge isn't uh, against it she's He's like, a handsome uh, man yeah that part's genuinely very funny <laughs> and uh, if you want to know what won that night of the golden globes well denzel washington won for the hurricane uh beating out uh, some guy in the sh movie american beauty and yeah. um and, and and hillary swank won big uh for uh boys don't cry which she'd go on to win the oscar for that too that's hillary's issue of swank <laughs> uh i remember when you could watch american beauty and ever was, think it was good it was like, a bit said important things about how how sad it is to be bored yeah <laughs> bored in middle class could there be a worse existence uh, i hate my job i that i will have forever boo <laughs> I, I would be very curious to re to revisit the movie now because i saw it when i was you know when it came out so i was probably what 14 or something and when you're 14 that shit fucking rocks. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have no idea how I would feel now that the entire world has collapsed uh, and I do not care about the follies of rich people anymore. Yeah, and uh, and also, you know, Kevin Spacey as well. And of course, lest we forget the Kevin Spacey of it all. <laughs> but but it does fit with Bob's rule of Kevin Spacey movies you can rewatch, which is if he dies in it, you yeah, can it's safe. It. Yes. <laughs> Bug's life's still safe. <laughs> uh, but yes as the awards go on homer is getting more and more angry at not winning he then takes uh, uh lisa does what lisa does a lot in these season which is point out plot holes in the episode which is including remembering homer did win a grammy yeah i do enjoy that uh when we point out the flaws uh, of these episodes the writers also understand them as well there's like a joke on the commentary of like oh what are what is marge and lisa's subplot oh they clean yes yeah <laughs> and yeah homer then says he doesn't want a grammy it's worthless and then there's a, a rare moment on the show where text on screen references the writers of the show who also hate think the grammys do not count which i i think it's uh, i think all the grammy bashing just is the like nothing that's good ever wins or that it seems very out of touch like, they're bitter uh, sings the blues didn't win a grammy 10 years ago <laughs> Uh, the joke surprised me with the way that it broke the reality, but I did laugh. But but it also did feel like a throwback in a way because the mentioning that Homer won a Grammy 
kind of just reminds you of like, oh yeah, and in that B Sharps episode, they also said Grammys are worthless. Yeah, yeah. they they do they're doing a lot more callbacks in these ones, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I well we've been saying it since season nine of like they're feeling the weight of history on them as they're writing this show. Like in the next episode has the most clear signpost to how they're hating the weight of history of the Simpsons on them with the worst episode ever moment. But yeah, the show feels like it's very, uh, definitely very ambivalent and uncomfortable with its past during this era, because in the same episode, it will be doing cute references back to past stuff while also shitting on people who kind of care too much about uh, the history of the show at the same time. Yeah, they they kind of want to have it both ways, I guess. But uh... you know what? I'm looking up because I was like, I know the Sings the Blues didn't win a Grammy, but it wasn't even nominated. And for like, I was like, what was the best comedy album in the early 90s? For like three years in a row, for four years in a row, this guy named PDQ Bach. What? Uh, had, who? Uh, P- oh, sorry, Peter, Sh- Peter Schickel. Uh, he won like four years in a row for, uh, playing this character named PDQ Bach. What? And I have never heard. Uh, he. I, we were all alive. Yeah, this is yeah. completely new to me. And I and there's like a giant Wikipedia page on it. But please, if you're in the comments, uh, let us know who PDQ Bach is because this was the best comedy shit you could get between wow. 1990 and 1994. <laughs> and I've never heard of it. That's... I mean, I'm surprised we haven't heard of it previously. This looks like the exact kind of thing they would have make, made a joke about on The Critic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially if they were trying to score points against somebody who beat them for an award. <laughs> like they, they often did. I feel like it's for the uh, like the NPR sets, that kind of humor, just like soft so. and gentle, like Jar- Garrison Keillery. Like, you're laughing, but you're also smart. Uh, Don't man. worry. Actually, you know, this season ends with another Grammy joke in Behind the Laughter where the Simpsons win like best hard rock death metal album thing. I mean, that this uh, that kind of hate of the Grammys feels very specific to, you know, Scully's 70 rock type of guy that he is that he really yeah. uh, he hates that all of his favorite rockers didn't get to win grammys that were won by like uh, judas priest losing out to <laughs> uh some pan flute album or something all right now it's time for old timey jokes because the oldest person in springfield's gonna win an award you know kent in today's youth obsessed culture we sometimes forget that older people are still alive i told you well sorry And that's why our final award honors a man who's lived in Springfield for 108 years. Our oldest resident, Cornelius Chapman. Cornelius Chapman built the first log cabin in Springfield and introduced the toothbrush to our fair city. (laughs) For years, he was Springfield's only basketball player, but he still managed to entertain the crowd. In the market crash of 1929, he helped people jump out of windows to avoid disgrace. You're doing the right thing. Oh, oh, out you go. (laughs) My, you're a big one. No, 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 turning back now. Off a tall building. That's a great way to do it. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I guess guess it makes it easier that he dies when he's actually, oh, he's actually a monster, right? He's he's encouraging people to kill themselves. Yeah, that's pretty cruel. Though, I mean, I don't know if they're stock market robber barons. uh, No, he should, influencing people to kill themselves is not good. No, I'm not saying that. Uh, That's a great way to do it. I, I again I say it every time suicide's nothing to joke about but the runners of Moe's suicidal tendencies were pretty funny and for whatever times. reason he doesn't understand 
saying that like that's one of the more common stereotypical <laughs> suicide that's true things yeah. is jumping off of a thing yeah i think the fact that home the, the fact that mo is so excited about it is what what kind of buys it a little bit it's like he's just really he's very pleased by this idea <laughs> it's finally like it, it just dawns on him yeah i i wish cornelius chapman was cornelius talmage, talmage yeah. right yeah he as as appeared in season nines the two miss nasimima petalons yeah, yeah and him taking a bullet for huey long is a very funny joke i looked up huey long was only shot once that pissed me off to find that out i was <laughs> like i've been lied to by a history joke uh but yeah huey long shot once it was actually like the guy who shot him got swiss cheesed apparently he got shot like 60 times and yeah. i was looking it up and it turns out there's all these theories like nobody knows why that guy shot him <laughs> it's it hmm. sounds pretty crazy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just like a normal doctor like a regular guy i i was scared to go i already went down the free britney rabbit hole i was scared to go down another like giant conspiracy theory rabbit hole but it did sound Doing one day yeah <laughs> uh it also speaking of britney it's so weird how she says like to avoid disgrace like what a weird way thing for her to say about approving somebody helping people commit suicide it's a very very chipper way too i think (laughs) though i do like the gag that he jumped in the way of one bullet out of like seven that (laughs) shot a guy that's just a good joke too actually that wikipediaing of the facts that's another great commentary moment where they're just like they talk uh, they're reflecting on how in the writer's room they just have a computer now and they're like hey was this the fact that we're referencing oh let me look it up and they they turns out oh this isn't true so just like podcasting (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) and yeah it's also weird that the her management had a problem with songbird but not that Britney kills someone in this, like accidentally, but <laughs> yeah. she does kill a man. It's good. For, I mean, she, it's, she kills someone by being hot. So, I mean, I don't see what uh, the issue is there. It's, yeah, it's yeah. one of her, her star qualities. That's true. I, I love that when Kent says, you should have seen that coming. She nods in agreement. She's uh, like, yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. And it's extra funny that after he is kissed and killed, Cornelius's corpse is just on stage the rest of the scene. I just like too. how Kent shoves it out of the way with his foot. The disgrace yeah. paid to this man's corpse is very funny, especially when uh, Burns does his thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. So as they're trying to find out who's oldest in town, I do recall my first viewing of it in 2000. I was like, I already know it's Burns. You said 108 and Burns is 104. So definitely no one else is older than him. Even though, you know, in that Flying Hellfish cr- flashback, Abe looks a little older than him. I'd yeah, say. we would. I That's think we, true. I think we said Burns would have had to have been like 50 fighting in World War II or something like that. Yes, yeah. But, you know, he pissed off J. Edgar Hoover that much. It, it sent him there. But yes, as they ask all the people to stand up, when he says over 60, Flanders stands up too, which I did like that also. Mm-hmm. They they kept that. The joke of Abe standing up twice for different ages. <laughs> That's, That's pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but eventually it becomes Mr. Burns, uh, the obvious choice. And Burns is now officially the oldest man in Springfield. Oh, this is all so sudden. Uh, don't give me that kiss of death, you black widow. <laughs> Boy, he didn't want to let go of that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I don't have a speech prepared, but... Uh, Abracadabra. Thank you all so much. I love Springfield from the cuddliest infant to the puppies, patriotism, bluebirds. I'm not reading this drivel. This speech is over. 
<laughs> oh man uh so i really think that scully is not like as into burns as previous showrunners so Schwarzwelder is bringing him back i think scully is more into like crazy dad stuff or like yes. insider hollywood stuff and burns is not part of either one of those venn diagrams like he does not enter into the equation so there's not a lot of burns in his season so it's always good to see him back in like at, he's at 11 in this episode i think i think his burns is more infantilized i think that yeah. is his, his burns and also he doesn't say as many old timey there's a couple good ones in this episode but the old timey phrasery of burns is at a slide in scully's years too yeah, yeah i think he mellowed out a lot in even oakley and weinstein's years because yeah. he yeah. seems like a guy who is just sort of uh going with the flow when people tell him things like i remember early homer the smithers is like that just like oh what are my options you can get up or you can go to bed i believe i'll get up <laughs> there's so many there's so many things with him telling him bad news or like just uh, facts and he just kind of rolls with it like well i don't understand what's happening yeah i guess they had to just find a new flavor after heightening his villainy to the maximum with who shot mr burns yeah 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 they uh, in in the lisa slurry episode like it's the twist of oh he's been infantilized this whole episode and then you realize he's actually still evil but uh but yeah this he's much more of just like a neutral force in these episodes or uh, like the last big burns episode was the Loch ness one where he's like demanding people love him like he's so needy which is not not normal for mr burns either which is he even says in that episode like this isn't me like <laughs> yeah it's not i do like that he pushes away britney spears like calls her a black widow <laughs> and uh and yes then homer homer should be pissed as they leave the place because snake got an award which snake has tried to kill most people in springfield many times that could be what the award is for we don't know <laughs> most attempted murder yeah I mean, he's above. Uh, Sideshow Bob's got him beat on that one, though. Just just from the nuclear bomb, just that alone. Oh yeah. And yes, then as Homer uh, Homer just steals a statue from the event and says he won. And uh, then we cut to Burns, and I really this was a great line that I had forgotten was so funny. Just yeah. the way the way Burns says this. <sighs> now that I'm the town's oldest man, I'm starting to realize I'm not a young man anymore. <laughs> I have to start taking better care of myself. You know, I haven't had a Medicino checkup in ages. <laughs> Sir, you deserve the finest doctors in the world. I'm taking you to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. Very well, but I'll need someone to watch my house. Who's that fellow who always screws up and creates havoc? Homer Simpson, sir? <laughs> yes, the way I figure it, he's due for a good performance. <laughs> <laughs> I do uh, I like uh, before I don't know I just they always have to find a way to get Homer involved and I really like this new twist on it we're just like well he's bound to do well at some point right, right. statistically <laughs> it's a Burns is so bad at managerial <laughs> tasks that he just says like well he's due for one right like no and just Smithers is sad shrug he's he's just recognizing like well yeah the plot has to bring the Simpsons into your life he knows by now it has to be Homer Simpson no other person would take care of his house but also like an old man doesn't need someone to take care of his house or like well i guess we have seen that burns pretty much doesn't have any like butlers or anything it's just him and smithers in a home he's got like a beef eater inside of his walls and people that put on place for him but oh, uh yes. but no butlers <laughs> close it i say <laughs> It kind of works out perfectly because it's just like, you know, obviously you just taking one of your random employees to do the house sitting is the stupidest thing ever. And so it's like, 
they solve it by making it the stupidest thing ever in the episode. And it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and, and this also fits more with the infantilization of Burns that he's like, he's not evil in his choice of Homer. He's like stupidly naive. Like about just very it. negligent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and also, yes, he used the word medicino. I love that. As Yeah. I, I think it's more that he's not, I mean, like he's less evil, but he's also so, so rich that he just assumes everything will always work out. Yeah. It feels like true. that's what his attitude is now. <laughs> and, and also just a statement of like, now that I'm the oldest, man in town i st- i'm starting to realize i'm not a young man anymore like, feels like a very futurama style line like you yeah. immediately contradict yourself and yeah so uh they take the simpsons move in marge is very much like the she's such a nag in this episode like, <laughs> like yeah this uh very much fits with the schwarzwalder way of writing marge oh yeah marge and lisa or lisa should be really have more to do i guess because it's like well how does lisa think it is to live in this opulence well like what's her stance like we see get one scene of her riding a pony and then she's just helping marge clean every room with the- Yes. of the mansion <laughs> I mean, speaking, speaking long term in the episode to me fundamentally a big wacky man- mansion is funnier than a yacht and so uh, so it's kind of like there could have been so much more really yeah yeah then instead yeah. they turn it into a party boat uh third yeah, act. Yeah. Hammer, so. <laughs> no you're right there's i guess they felt like there's only enough for one act of funny mansion stuff but which uh, this episode called the mansion family based on the manson family so just sometimes i think people are like hey you didn't say explain the title of the episode so i confuse these titles uh so the mansion family and weekend at burnsies yeah it's just like yeah. i always get those confused in my head because weekend at burnsies describes this episode right yeah it really does way more than way more than the name of an episode about smoking medicinal marijuana <laughs> you know uh but uh, yes uh, i also like burns uh thinking fire departments are new that reminds me in uh the the gangs of new york film where they show the competing fire departments and how how it was before you know local governments just had one fire department i and it's so i like it's so cute that burns thinks he's genuinely like helping marge like they're good you yeah. know, just like yeah. more to the wise marge i'm helping uh, you out and uh and homer crashes into rembrandt's self-portrait and i feel like once smithers sees that he should really just cancel the whole trip but then again i mean it burns already outvoted him on this so (laughs) and uh yeah there's these jokes here about the mansion when they come back like these do remind me of uh david cross in his book had a whole section about like the things a billionaire could do if they were cool instead of you know boring and the these jokes remind me of that like how you could buy every major league baseball team and make them uh wear dresses or whatever these all these things you could do with the ridiculous amount of money you have and you don't do it like these that's what i love about these billionaire jokes in this yeah like everybody gets a joke about finding something weird in the house yeah and I, these all feel like Schwarzwalder things like unchanged yeah pretty much the whole middle section of the episode is like wacky blackout gags of the mansion and then wacky blackout gags at mayo clinic and it actually it works pretty well yeah 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 here's uh like here's homer explaining uh the wonders of bed technology good lord this bedroom is as big as our house and the bed never needs to be made check it out <laughs> Seems a little wasteful. Wasteful and practical. <laughs> a mechanical dressing dealie. Watch this, Marge. Oh, 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 oh. 
ready to hit the town. <laughs> I was expecting Homer to be more injured in that. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's hurt. There are sure. two jokes in this episode about people going into machinery and getting mangled. Oh, yes, that's true. It's, it is a little uh, too similar. But I was, surprised, I was definitely surprised not to see blood in that, in that scene. Right, yeah. I almost was expecting, like... I had forgotten where the joke was that Homer's brain is exposed due to injury. But I, for a second, I thought it was in that episode. And uh, yeah, the pronouncement of wasteful and practical. Great, great line there. And uh, and yeah, then we cut to Bart searching for a hidden, a hidden safe in the Burns' mansion. And we pass by Marge's painting from Brush with Greatness, which I have to assume that means burns reclaimed that painting because obviously it was made for the burns wing of right. the museum and was supposed to always stay there not be in the house that was another pull from an old episode yeah. so far in this episode so i, I do like them seeing uh, seeing them pay tribute to the history i mean again we're 11 years in people mm -hmm. these are all now being syndicated heavily people recognize these things it's true and when i saw it it hit the right note i was like oh delightful i remember that <laughs> and it's always fun to see like an austin powers hide hiding genitals type gag as well that there's always a funny visual gag to me and uh yes then a very Schwarzwelder joke of opening a a safe to reveal a 1900s british guard inside of it and he yeah. he likes it in there <laughs> he's he's fine being completely cramped up in there what else could be in there i wonder and the lisa joke is is confusing but yeah. uh, i do like it she finds the lost nancy drew book the clue in the clock and uh, so many swears I guess the joke is a weird joke that you think that the title is going to be something crazy and then it's normal sounding, but then she reveals that, oh, it happens to be a Nancy Drew book with many swears in it. Yeah, I, I yeah. every time I hear it, I feel like it, w it was like a banned book for like racial insensitivity or something. Instead, it's just a Nancy Drew book full of swears randomly. I know it's not a real book, but I was like, is there any Nancy Drew books that sound like this? And so I looked up the clue and the clock. And so there was a there's many mystery series for kids, right? There there was one in the like late 80s early 90s called our secret gang and one of them is called uh the clue in the clock tower and uh, <laughs> i'll read you the uh, the blurb about this that is the official publisher blurb uh quote this is just like a nancy drew mystery unquote remarks one of the young sleuths in the first of a series of whodunits <laughs> so like in the book in the book wow one of the characters is like this is just like a great mystery that people should enjoy wow Man, yeah that's that's impressive it's just like a better more well-known thing <laughs> that's that's like in those meet the spartans movies where they just say like and just like in the movie spider-man spider-man showed up yeah. they shouldn't get away with that no, just no. having a character say this is like in nancy drew they they were taking swings in nancy drew and the hardy boys and the, the, the pirates yeah. of smugglers co this one's <laughs> about pirates they're all about smugglers <laughs> Uh, Finally, someone's taking those guys down a peg. Craig of the Creek, they had that great Hardy Boys episode early in the series. I, I love that, where they're, they talk about how it's always the first character they meet. And that's the culprit. And also that they are two rich kids who drive around in a convertible all the time and how it's uh, doesn't it's hard to be in touch with that as a kid. Then there's uh, the scene of them destroying things in Burns' uh, hallway. Homer gets uh, drunk a lot in this. This is really drunk party man homer it era. really he's really a party dude in this episode i mean i know it's like 
the the three the three joke joke where it's like you're just accentuating. I wish Bart would have been like in a little power wheels or something instead of just on a bike because it goes bike, horse, riding mower. Yes, that's the escalation <laughs> of the joke. Uh, the the jokes in general with Homer, you write about the party man thing. I think that I found the point of view of the episode a little bit alienating when I first watched it because it's just like so much of the episode is like about dude stuff. <laughs> it's like partying and dude stuff, and it's just kind of like I don't know. It, it, it just felt like a like an odd flavor to be focusing on. You know these were broier it was a broier staff that's the that's the, the difference i think and and i think too they see you know peter griffin was binge drinking so much on his shows that i i wonder if they felt like homer's got to keep up with it the the first episode yeah, of family thinking. guy is him be getting blackout drunk and waking up on the breakfast table yeah <laughs> i mean look if i if i wanted jokes about how drinking alcohol is inherently cool and funny and is a and is a, a hobby of its own i would watch the drew carey show yes yeah you're right every plot of that was about just drinking just just relaxed drinking yeah i'm time. from northeast ohio and that's all there is to do <laughs> once you stop singing cleveland rocks you got to start drinking you have your daily ceremonial singing of cleveland rocks after breakfast and then you just drink exactly at, <laughs> at 902 a.m uh, <laughs> and uh, so then they head to the uh, mayo clinic briefly we get a got milk got tumor joke which uh, puts this in 2000 bit of a groaner but the uh, the cut scene that you showed me so on the way funny. in yeah all of these old uh, you know decrepit people are walking into one door and they're coming out like very strong fit young people but then smithers points out like no mr burns that's right next to the minnesota lifeguard college <laughs> Uh, that's pretty funny. He's like, why are they marching out? Well, it's part of their training, sir. That's right. such a funny joke. Yeah, I wish that it stayed in. I bet, honestly, the gag, that feels like it could have been totally a meme of just seeing old people come in and, and young people come out. But uh, then we get some Burns' old jokes. Honestly, Burns should be pissed seeing Fidel Castro there. He stole a trillion dollars from him. I, I think he forgot. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but they reused the same uh, Castro design as as before. Yeah, like there's people like the two people uh, to the left of Smithers, like one of them looks like Muammar Gaddafi. And I'm yeah. like, but like from the 80s, I don't know. It's like just like a generic Banana Republic general, right? right? These aren't like actual people until we get to Fidel and the Pope. Well, even that Pope doesn't look that much like John Paul. Mm. Like, I don't he was know. just a wrinkly old guy, yeah. not very descriptive uh, looking. You know, it was the era of Pope jokes. Our youths, like so many Pope jokes that once he got that mobile, everybody did a Pope joke. I feel... <laughs> I think we're way, you know, honestly, Pope jokes, not so uh, defanged as they were back then, if you're going to make a joke mm -hmm. about them. Certainly not. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm, I'm just imagining the conversation. It's like, wait, do we have a Castro design we can reuse? It's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I've, I think the animation team is being a lot more economical in these days. Like, you know, in the skiing episode they just did, we Bob pointed out, like, yeah, they just got their park ranger from Mountain to Madness. Like, why why design a new park ranger when you already got one? And, uh, and yeah, then there's a gag about Burns having a, a social security number that is two. I, I like how he's filling that out. Just like, not, 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 too. <laughs> and, and is he, I, I'm trying to deconstruct the joke. He's mad at FDR. Is he mad that Roosevelt created the social security system? Or is it implying that FDR gave himself number one and Burns was only able to get number two? I think it's, he gave himself number one because he created the program. Okay. Yeah. Right. We also get to hear that Burns apparently murdered his parents at some point. Oh, uh, I guess uh, his 120 28 year old mother is uh, no longer on a rocking chair oh yeah wait yeah, a that, minute that was like 
I was like, is that his biological parents, I guess, and not the rich people who just came and took him away? Uh, mm. You know, man, the the old lady in the Bobo, well, it also, though, we have to, if we're really talking about the canonicity here, uh, that is a dream sequence by Burns, so how true is it? Yeah. You know, it's not I an official flashback. He had someone assassinate his mother. <laughs> uh, mm. he, he seemed scared to kill her back in uh, Homer the Smithers, though, but yeah, I guess he has killed them. He sent point. in Bruiser or Loblo or whatever. <laughs> crusher sorry <laughs> crusher right uh and uh after that's done we then cut to the the family having a real fancy dinner at a classic long table hmm. i know what the other 11 forks are for but what do you do with this one why mind i believe you're supposed to scratch your ass with it homer watch your life oh <laughs> that's a lifesaver man this is living Stop that. Cigars are for rich people and legendary comedians like Bill Crosby and David Letterson. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops, forgot to swirl it. Homer, did you Jimmy open Mr. Burns' liquor cabinet? Jimmy is such an ugly word, Marge. Unless you're talking about Jimmy Smits. Stop swirling, Homer. Listen, I worked long and hard for this place, and no one's going to take it away from me. Not you, not its rightful owner, not anybody. And another thing, if I have... <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I guess that is a very Peter Griffin move, just immediately falling over drunk. That is. It really Which, what happened if you drank that much brandy at once? Right. Yeah, That's. Uh, I love that Homer gets a classic brandy snifter and fills it to the top which is the opposite of what you're supposed to do it's a nice uh, remark upon like the kind of swill he usually drinks yes because yeah. like whenever I buy my parents like good beer they get uh, trashed because it's uh, like what you drink three or four of these right like it's like a Miller Lite you barely feel it. it's like no that's like three times the alcohol stuff <laughs> oh and I should remark that uh, I checked and like a week before this is when David Letterman was rushed to the hospital for a quintuple bypass surgery Wow. So no more stogies for him. Yeah, damn. He survived, obviously. Now he's Santa Claus. (laughs) David Letterson, of course. I like that. Of course, it's like changing the names for basically no reason. It makes it pretty funny. I love the jokes about how Marge is just so checked out of pop culture. She like half remembers the name is Bill Crosby like that and and there's a great little I feel like it probably was the animators edition when she says and famous comedians when she says famous comedians she wiggles the cigar like Groucho uh, style which I, I was a funny little extra acting bit it was a bit shocking to see Bart like start a cigar yes yeah I guess I think he had one back in uh, War of the Simpsons too remember like yeah, is yeah. Your, are, are you allowed to smoke cigars Bart or whatever <laughs> oh, my like, grandpa says yeah that's right he smokes all the time in that one they they were getting away with it more in the uh nine years before this one that bart kid is a real troublemaker <laughs> uh, i really enjoy the uh just in general for me i think i think 1989 batman instilled in me a love of scenes set at incredibly long tables as being inherently funny oh yeah yeah, yeah orson welles <laughs> did it first uh that, i think everyone's true. riffing on that oh yeah so marge in uh a millhouse divided said woodsy allen so right. it's a uh yeah. it's a carryover of that i love that it's so sweet as Marge said in the uh, Homer Palooza, like she's just completely checked out from uh, pop culture. She doesn't need to know anything about it's it. It's not for her. 
Uh, and uh, also an animator thing I noticed is that they're eating Sloppy Joes and they make sure to draw color Lisa's meat green at least, implying she's eating some sort of vegetable alternative mm. to it. Somebody's paying attention. And uh, and also Homer presents that joke as like a New Yorker joke, or it feels like a Frasier joke snuck in there of like, <laughs> I believe you're supposed to scratch your ass with it. Marge is very satisfied that she can finally scratch her ass with the right thing. <laughs> we have Marge farting audibly and scratching her ass in this season. I like it. Break a new ground yeah, for yeah. Marge. I was going to mention, like, I think a new, a new Marge joke they started doing a lot in this season was having her decide to agree with the scatological joke she just goes along with it now also that homer is very turned on by jimmy smith's which weren't we all in 2000 he played uh what uh princess leia's grandpa or something uh well that would be yes in 2000 he's definitely i forget if he's in two but he's definitely in three as uh as her adopted father of princess leia bail organa or i guess uh senator bail organa i believe his name was and uh that was the best part in rogue one where he showed up like i forgot about that because i forgot about all of that movie movie's a little forgettable (laughs) yeah it is but don't forget that sassy robot (laughs) i love that c3po and r2 walk by for like two seconds and it just be like yep they're here too everybody's here i think i mostly know jimmy smith's uh from the tommy knockers but that's just me oh yeah he was uh and he was a big deal on nypd blue at the time uh for this i think i I mean nypd shoe oh yes (laughs) (laughs) it's basically the same thing uh you know another writer i noticed in this bit here is that homer often did a lot of not you not blank not anybody yeah uh and uh, as we come to the next scene homer is in a sauna and uh, calling up people including just thailand to reflect on what their voices sound another like. good homer line is and so on like he doesn't know what else to say <laughs> uh and he runs out of steam completely and he's in a steam room he should be full of steam right and uh, hey. i like it i like it uh, but i also like uh, they point out in the commentary that it was just the animators adding that marge's hair wilts with each step she takes into the place i like that uh but yes homer is having some fun on what could be his last day as a fake billionaire. Uh-huh. That's some language you got there. And you talk like that 24-7, huh? Hey! Homer, you've got to stop pretending this is your house. You're not a billionaire. Jeez, way to burst my bubble, Marge. <laughs> All I'm saying is don't get too comfortable. Mr. Burns will be back tomorrow. Marge, you're right. We do have to have a party. Party? <laughs> no! No parties! What about... Partays. No partays, no shindigs, no keggers, no hootenannies, no mixers, no raves, no box socials. Damn. And I look so good on that bike. <laughs> That's a great design. <laughs> that is so good. That's the funniest drawing. Well, man, Lenny's face and also the Three Stooges stuff later, those are really great drawings too, but I love Homer's it's the it's the word balloon that makes it all yep. perfect. Yep. It's specifically just the way it's the way it's uh, put together that's so funny, and that's why I tried to rip it off. I actually got my mother to find one of the graduation in- invites that I made to rip that off. Unfortunately, it was from memory, and I totally biffed it, and it wasn't nearly as funny as this drawing. Uh, well. And in case you're wondering what a box social is, it is a fundraising event in which boxes are decorated and filled with meals for two, traditionally by women, and others, traditionally men, bid on them, anticipating a meal with the preparer. So you're basically oh. just uh, oh. bidding on women in, to have a dinner 
dinner date with them with food they prepared for charity. Wow. Yeah. Man. So that's like, uh, I I like that it adds complexity to the classic, like, win a date with blank kind of auctioneering. You have to, you're really buying a box that includes a date. The box. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, uh, I mean, box social is just a funny word, too. And then, again, this is such mean Homer time, though. The the extent to which he fully ignores her in this episode is is just so mean. <laughs> and then Marge, like, after Homer goes off, she's like, well, I guess I'll just clean the house now. Right. Like, there's no, like, we have to stop your father. <laughs> I guess, you know, she's gotten very good at suppressing the rage she's feeling. That's true. Before. It's just not that relatable. It's like, I would much rather hang out with Marge than all of the losers that he hangs out with on the yacht. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's it also it seems like a lot of work driving a lot yachts. Man. It's weird that Bart goes along too for yeah. this drunken adult male party. But I mean Krusty there, Bart should be excited, right? Right, yeah. Well it's we mentioned it in the Mel Gibson episode, but in that episode when Bar- Homer tells Bart you can't come with me, that felt like an interesting change from how usually it is like, yeah, no, a Homer and Bart adventure. They have wacky fun together. It's always them together. And then we cut to Burns's battery of tests and uh there's some real fun visual gags in here but also some great uh, dialogue too now doctor i want you to test me for everything every disease on this chart fine we'll just start by drawing some blood oh well isn't that odd it's like poking through meringue no try this arm i saw some blood in there the other day <laughs> come on keep blowing <laughs> Okay, 12 centimeters. Excellent. I'm a big boy. That's, That's the infantilization great. I'm talking I'm a about. Big boy, <laughs> going down the stairmaster the wrong way, just like uh, riding it like an escalator. I mean, I love the inversion of the joke where it's just like you think he's doing the blowing into the tube thing the wrong way. You think it's messing up because he's weak. No, that was the point. They're measuring yeah. how much of his face gets sucked into the tube uh, or his beak or whatever. That's so great. His eye, his eye is included in what's sucked into it. Uh, it's very very funny. All all these gags definitely make made me laugh. Every shot. I mean, the the animators really came to it too like these i'm sure these were all funny things to read in a script but like it is about execution through a funny drawing and like his his face 12 centimeters into a tube is so funny looking and that shot of him like in the gears of the mri machine or whatever is so great i, I put a freaky out gif of this uh, months ago at this right. point but uh, uh <laughs> it's so perfect i love how these two working class guys come in and go there's your problem i love i love a there's your problem yeah it's like a hair clog or whatever <laughs> yeah spe- specifically the way that he's breathing when he's stuck in that thing it's like like his hand is like shaking too yeah and also the the realization that burns is like a yellow sponge with like two ounces of blood in him (laughs) basically you know maybe that's how he just uh he maybe was more vital before he got shot and now this is just uh where he's left at this point i believe it and uh then homer drives up to moe's in a big fancy car which has three keys you have to turn i love that and oh geez uh the fox seat belt that's alive apparently it came back uh looking too alive so they made it make a little noise when homer unbuckles it It it's supposed to be like a stole kind of thing because when i was watching it i was like would this be funnier would this be less funny without the sound effect? Probably not. So I guess it's good they put that there. You know, they had that problem in season one as well when they, uh, but that, there they were able to do a, an easier fix where they had a broken piggy bank of the, like five times they broke a piggy bank in season one. One of the <laughs> times it came back, 
uh, overseas drawn to look like the pig looked too real. It looked like a pig's real eyes, at least in the world of Simpsons. So they then just, you know, with digital effects of 1990, put black dots over that static shot. But uh, the, the, the Fox is a little too real looking. I mean, it should definitely be a dead Fox. Like Burns would be a guy who would have a Fox stole or whatever, you know? There's one thing that it's very consistent in animation. It's very hard to depict a fake version of a real thing and make it clear make it clear that it's fake yeah they uh i mean i never considered how difficult that would be just everything is everything's a drawing of something how does it how does this look like a toy of a thing instead of the real thing yeah or joke about like a cardboard cutout or something it's not not as easy to do that was at that end of the muppet babies we did where oh, right. cardboard cutout just looks like the characters it's an easy prank to do when you're a drawing i guess <laughs> and it destroyed gonzo's brain in that episode <laughs> he lost he lost all sense of reality uh but uh, yes homer heads into moe's wearing a big top hat funny drawing i love that and uh he's asking for an imported sounding beer which i didn't know tuborg was a real beer oh it is yeah oh wow really? i tried huh. i tried to look it up of like tuborg danish kings oh could this be a hamlet reference reference and like no it is a real danish beer that i bet you could uh, well you know if you were able to go to one of those bars that has like beers from around the world you could probably buy it in america but i think it's more prevalent in europe like i because the i tried to find a two board commercial and i found one with like a it sounded like a british voice over guy hmm. in it so i think it must be sold in england i don't know i had no idea european drinkers let me know if Tuborg is out there and how how does it compare to the stella atois this rather is, uh imported sounding thing dark time for beer drinkers because the only way to get good beer was to drink imported beer i never hear the term imported beer since the craft beer explosion mm. now like and you can get good beer anywhere basically without having to import it but in the, in the dark days of the pre-21st century you had to like get <laughs> like the canadian beer or german beer or whatever italian beer well that's how like molson or red dog would sell themselves they're like you know your beer's bad well we have the good beer now this is this is not swill i guess bad canadian beer is better than bad american beer Mm. times have truly changed there i have a lot of associations with specifically stella artois because i worked at a landmark theater and they had stella artois commercials before every single movie that's how, I think that's why I started drinking it because oh. if I drink any beer, I remember like, oh, that commercial of them drinking it on a train and they're they're scared to spill any one drop. I got to drink this beer. It's not good. Can't can't get behind this. Uh, well, if I when we went to any video game event where it had an open bar, I knew I could just count on like, ah, Stella, I can drink that. For that's, me, it was the hard stuff. <laughs> gotta get through this preview event. Uh, I, those make me too sleepy. <laughs> How how can I tell people if the next Mario Party is any good if I'm drink if I'm drinking too? This much? one has three toads in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nintendo things actually pretty rarely had an open bar. That's true. Uh, it, uh, the, it, now Ubisoft they opened up the liquor cabinet for mm. you guys there. I wonder if that was an HR problem. That's why the uh, the main mm. guy just got kicked out. Maybe <laughs> that kind of culture. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, so where you guys grew up, were there Sunday restrictions on beer sales? Oh, North Dakota, there's something called uh, Blue Laws, which basically requires that nothing be open until a certain time of the day, or some places weren't even open on Sundays at all. Mm. Um, I don't recall how that reflects on alcohol specifically, but I believe no liquor place was open on Sunday whatsoever, at least as far as I know. 
Yeah, I know uh, in Ohio, uh, Sunday, I believe uh, there was no liquor sales before a certain time. It was like, I think it was basically like a church inspired law. Like you got to go to church before right. you get drunk. But I know like in our neighboring state of Pennsylvania, I know uh, my pal Jeremy Parrish, who lives in North Carolina, there are similar rules. You can only get alcohol at like a state sanctioned alcohol depository. Wow. Like there are no like mom and pop liquor stores. You have to go to like alcohol factory number 44 to get your, uh, to get your beer or like some bar. Bars will sell you six packs, but in Ohio, not the case. No, I uh, when I grew up in the South, in Bible Belt-ish areas of Northern Florida, which I've said before is the more Southern part of Florida culturally, they definitely had more rules on that stuff. Of like, oh, I'd see uh, going to the grocery store on Sunday mornings with my mom. I would see there'd be like plastic put over the beer section of like, nah, you can't buy the beer now. That you can't. It's just against the rules until noon, which like yeah they the rules are definitely like religious in nature but they're technically not like made by i mean they are made by yeah. christians for christians it's a but. great it's a great visual gag of lenny and carl watching the sunspot how pathetic that is reached yeah. reached the line <laughs> this again we're recording this in july hopefully things are better in september this is my life now not so much with drinking but i do drink <laughs> at the end of every day uh but it's just like the only exciting thing in my day is like when will the next meal come uh, when yeah. when will yeah, my next like, meal be any kind of signifier of time passing, like I take, I make a point to walk. Now I walk my dog three times a day instead of two because I'm at home all day. And I always make a point. I have to walk the dog when the sun is setting. So I have a moment of time passing and beauty occurring during my day. Uh, oh yeah. yeah oh, by the yeah. way, don't worry about me. I only have one beer a night while I watch stuff with my fiance, stream stuff with my fiance. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not becoming a sad drunk during uh, all this. They say you're supposed yeah. to drink a glass and a half, but uh, you can't drink that. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Uh, though, uh, here's a here's a nerdy plot hole I'm going to bring up here. When has Mo ever cared about a law ever? Like that's true. <laughs> it's so weird how addicted. I think honestly, he if I'm going to retcon this for a, a reason that makes sense mo enjoys the power to torture these other people that's yeah. that's what i think it is you figure if you can't sell the beer it would be illegal to take the beer somewhere else before 2 p.m right yeah, yeah. i don't know it's also like you know that there have been probably a bajillion scenes that have taken place in mo's where people are drinking during the day up until now so yeah. it's kind of like well i guess they just wanted to tell a story about this perhaps every one of those days wasn't a sunday let's say that <laughs> sure okay if you ever saw them it wasn't a sunday the uh uh i also uh so the, all this international waters thing it reminds me of when we did the trillion dollar bill episode where their original plot for the episode was homer would try to claim that he is a native american because the writer's had heard that native american people don't pay income tax mm. which then they found out is not true and so they rewrote the episode and this but in this case they thought international waters meant you it is just no laws at all if you go 12 miles out which is not true like that is not not the case but in this time when they learned the truth they're like nah let's just we're just gonna write it this but you way. can murder someone in space and no one can stop you <laughs> yeah uh, of course of course uh but the thing is the funny thing is like they they probably were just like yeah whatever but like it totally perpetuated that uh that untruth like i definitely watched the episode and assumed what they're saying was real even though it pretty obviously isn't oh yeah it exacerbated the you know old wives tale of it and same with like i i have to think many 
other comedies after seeing the simpsons do this joke they're like hey yeah international waters let's make a joke about that how people can do anything out there it does lead to a lot of fun like here is a list of illegal things all of our characters can do including like very petty illegal things yes yeah and uh, also an interesting note in history here when they show the mike tyson versus secretariat poster they just use their dreadrick tatum character model this is the first time they ever just like no mike tyson like in yeah two years earlier i bet they would have just said Dredrick Tatum versus uh, Secretariat fight but Uh, I want to make a little I want to have a little sidebar about Dredrick Tatum if that's okay sure yeah let's Uh, go for it in my in my rewatch of the show I didn't realize they referenced Dredrick Tatum as early as like season one or early season two and all the way through all these seasons he's got like six different designs they draw him so many different ways up until he finally gets an episode highlight it's crazy yeah I believe he debuted in uh the cable episode the stealing cable one right I, I want to say so. I, I just remember it was earlier than I expected and he looked different more times than I expected. I like him in his nice sweater being interviewed on uh, Ion Springfield. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you ever see me back there, you know I fucked up bad. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I think his morphing as a character design is partially just because Mike Tyson, the Mike Tyson you see in your brain when you hear the name Mike Tyson for America has changed so much, like almost every couple of years, it changes for what you think Mike Tyson is. Like the Mike Tyson of 1989, you imagine, looks di- very different to the Mike Tyson of like 1993, you think of. And so, so you're saying they were very directly chasing the appearance of Tyson with, with each of those, probably. I, I think too. To an extent yeah and definitely so i've seen the most recent dreadrick tatum appearance which is the marge works at a pot dispensary episode from this last season which was it actually is a pretty good episode of, of current simpsons and the joke is that dreadrick tatum as michael tyson does owns a medical marijuana dispensary mm, okay. and so in this dreader tatum version he basically looks like how he did when he fought homer in season eight except now he's a retired boxer and he has face tattoos so ah, he, doing all the way yeah they've they've changed him every time mike tyson updates his look they do that with Dredrick as well. I kind of, I'm looking at his older design. I kind of like how ugly it is. It's a very like early Simpsons design, but I do like it. He's got the pig nose. He's got uh, a little, like his eye. He looks like a man who's been beaten a lot. Yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. Very, he's very lumpy looking. He's more <laughs> handsome in the, the later appearances, like the Homer they fall onwards appearances, I think. Yeah. That's the one I normally think about when I think about him now. I wish they hadn't changed his. Uh, I wish they had just said uh, Dredrick Tatum instead of Mike Tyson. Like that feels <laughs> more like a Family Guy gag to just say the famous person's name. It's also know? funny that so uh, both uh, Don King and the Simpsons version of Don King exist in this world. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing with Mike Tyson. It's just like the parody <laughs> also exists. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's 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 the full on uh, Schwarzenegger issue that we're dealing with here now. Oh, President Schwarzenegger, what up? <laughs> Except they don't make a joke about that because they don't think you're smart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I also like Homer seems to remember it as both the horse and Mike Tyson were very drunk during their boxing match. Uh, but then as Homer thinks about international waters, he makes a new plan. But I need that beer now. Sorry, 2 p.m. Or you can steal a boat and sail out to international waters. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, a theme park? No, the ocean. Once you get 12 miles out, there's no laws at all. That's where they held the Tyson Secretariat fight. <laughs> they were so drunk. Gentlemen, get off your knees. 
Your rich Uncle Homer is throwing the wildest box social the high seas have ever seen! And you're invited. <laughs> no, you don't. I'm not gonna let you trash Mr. Burns's yacht. Marge, you know I normally listen to you, but I gotta <laughs> seize this opportunity. Just in case I never become a real billionaire. Oh, homie, I don't care if you're a billionaire. I love you just because. Hey, there's another way to get on the boat. It's so great how Marge tries to find like a moral in this episode, but she's interrupted both times. <laughs> That's right. It's yeah. like, it's like, take that, James L. Brooks. <laughs> uh, and I mean, Marge literally gets in the way of the characters having fun. Like when, by standing in between yeah. them and the vote, that's her literally preventing fun. Like, and and not only that, but she gives such an oh homie speech. <laughs> like she starts it with oh homie. <laughs> this is not even like Where's a that part. Where's that Bart? Does yeah. not come up. She should be asking that because Bart goes away. It's all it's all I think about when I think about that. Uh, there's like a very funny matter of fact line that I you probably didn't clip because it's not even a joke, but I love her. Like in in like two seconds, she goes, "The boat's going sideways." That is a great. Joke. <laughs> it's just it's yes. a weird. It's a very weird line that she just announces it, and then we see the boat going sideways. I just like her proclamation. It I just tickled me. I don't know why. <laughs> it almost feels like that should have been the end. Uh, the go to commercial gag, but because yeah. those scenes just run into each other. But. And but this is so uh, like uncharacteristically, Lisa. Don't worry, mom. I'm sure he'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, Lisa. You know Lisa. your father. Uh, and that Homer, that somehow it's going sideways is a very Schwarzwelderism too. Yeah, but yeah, but like uh, Schwarzwelder, not a fan of uh, women, I guess, in general. <laughs> Definitely not uh, Lisa or Marge in his scripts. So. He's not famous for writing a lot of women. No, no. I, I was, I really have enjoyed, I haven't read one in a while, but I read like the first five of his books. And I think by the fourth one, I was like, man, no woman has ever spoken in this <laughs> book. Like there's never written dialogue for a woman ever. Yeah. Marge and Lisa in this one are almost like parodies of how they act in all of his scripts. Just like, yes. they're, they're just so, so like uh, downplayed and then subservient. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, well, and also like Homer again. Homer's so mean of just going like, no, I normally listen to you, and then he just like runs off and does whatever he feels like. It's yeah. Thinking about it now, like I think maybe part of the reason why Homer's specific brand of wanting to be a party man feels so odd to me is because like normally I think that they would they would come up with an appropriate theme for his desire to party. Like for example, in Homer Goes to College, it's like oh we are we understand that Homer has seen too many of a specific type of movie. And that's why he wants this specific type of fun. Whereas in this, it's like, well, he's not trying to be fancy party guy. He's just trying to be party guy using fancy resources. You know, it doesn't feel it doesn't yeah. feel very specific. And so if it, that's, I think maybe that's why I, I, it kind of threw me and I, felt wrong. I think the first scene is supposed to instill in the viewer like Homer thinks he hasn't accomplished anything or Homer thinks he's his lot in life is not where it should be. But it doesn't really do that. Like even in <laughs> uh, Kill the Alligator and Run, which is not a great episode. There's a reason why he becomes a party dude. It's because he thinks he's done with half of his life and needs to party more. Yeah, like maybe maybe it would have. I don't, I don't want to be like, oh, let me let me script doctor this episode from a 
billion years ago, but it's like maybe it would have made more sense if you tried to hold like a fancy gala or something, something a little more the- thematically appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but but then you don't get drunken party fun uh, yeah. <laughs> jokes. Which... Or, he uses, or he uses all of the money and resources to create his own award show just for himself. Hey, that's a good man. These are good pitches. These are, uh, oh well, but uh, but yeah, so after they get out to see, Mo is enjoying whipping. Homer, have we hit international waters yet? Because uh, things are getting real ugly. I can't sell you beer till we cross the line. <laughs> Legally, you could give us free beer. Ow! <laughs> well, could you at least give us rubbing alcohol for our wounds? Lenny Lenny goes uh, It's up and down with Lenny Like at the beginning of this episode Lenny is like an esteemed member of society (laughs) Then we see him uh, on a Sunday morning Waiting to drink And then we see him later that day Drinking rubbing alcohol Just straight Yeah (laughs) He goes to some dark places Look I don't know You you tell me I, I don't drink so maybe you can tell me Rubbing alcohol, that tastes pretty good. Uh, you want a chaser so. with it. <laughs> I love hearing Barney point out that, like, you could just give us free beer. Oh. <laughs> uh, though I kept waiting for Lenny to get whipped in the eye. I kept going, like, when's he getting whipped? I, I, his whip damage should be to his eye at this time. Seeing a bloody whip wound on yeah. Lenny. Very funny. So much blood in these seasons, too. Uh, and then we also get a gag about uh, all of the boats doing crazy stuff. There's a lady, sexy lady party boat. Truly there's, crazy. And there's a gunfight boat. I love the old West boat. Yeah, that's great. It uh, seems to be all the people who performed at the uh, the old timey town in kidney trouble all on a boat together. And there's one with the bullfight on it too. Yes, yeah, the bullfight. Yeah. Well, that's the other. And and then uh, a great gag about how there's somebody rebroadcasting Major League Baseball games with implied oral consent, consent. Uh, which not if, express <laughs> written consent. Yes, uh, if if you don't watch Major League Baseball games or don't live in the U.S. and don't know this thing, uh, before Major League Baseball games, there is, or at some point during it, they have the legal announcement of, quote, any broadcast, retransmission, or account of this game without the express written consent of Major League Baseball is prohibited. Who was doing this? <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess, uh, I think these are like the sports bar rules. That yeah, like, that is yeah. weird. I, I was going to bring that up. Like, there are some bars that, like, oh, we can't show the big the big game or whatever because you know technically um not like all of you should be watching on your own tvs or whatever Mm, yeah it it counts as a party or viewing a thing yeah yeah either way very terrific series of like visual jokes on all these boats pretty funny (laughs) uh implied oral consent is a funny name uh funny phrasing to again to come out of homer yes yeah Yeah. uh i had i had learned about these like bar sports rules because uh, this came up about how like UFC, they made a lot of money off of selling bars the right to show their UFC events there. And now they're losing a bunch of money because there's no bars to sell mm, it to. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, I do like the tag at the end of that joke, though, or so the legend goes. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we also see that the sea captain uh, can marry people at sea and, and give them illegal fireworks. <laughs> and also the cow. It's it's also a Jewish wedding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So they make sure to put a bridal gown, uh, bridal thing on the cow's head, so you know it's a female cow. He's not marrying a male cow. That would be too crazy. That he put the garter belt on the cow. That's a funny drawing too. I like. 
that. Good detail. Attention to, de- attention to detail. And uh, then we cut back to the Mayo Clinic. Oh, man. Yeah. This is uh, so full of laughs. I love the ri- like the old-timey, jokey rhythm of this. It's like an old stage bit or something like yeah. that. I just love the back and forth. The cutting is done so well, both in audio and animation. I just love it. Every, every bit of this is hilarious. Yeah, so I, I have the full scene here. Well, Doc, I think I did pretty well in my tests. <laughs> you may shake my hand if you like. Under the circumstances, I'd rather not. (laughs) Mr. Burns, I'm afraid you are the sickest man in the United States. You have everything. You mean I have pneumonia? Yes. Juvenile diabetes? Yes. Hysterical pregnancy? A a little bit, yes. (laughs) You also have several diseases that have just been discovered in you. I see. You sure you just haven't made thousands of mistakes? Uh, no, no, I'm afraid not. This sounds like bad news. Well, you'd think so, but all of your diseases are in perfect balance. If you have a moment, I can explain. Well, here's the door to your body, you see? And these are oversized novelty germs. Uh, That's influenza, that's bronchitis, and this cute little cuddlebug is pancreatic cancer. Here's what happens when they all try to get through the door at once. Move it, shout ahead. We call it Three Stooges Syndrome. So what you're saying is, I'm indestructible. Oh, no, no. In, in fact, even a slight breeze could... Indestructible. Yeah, I, again, I do really like the Burns uh, persona that he just assumes everything will work out. In fact, he doesn't even want to give the doctor time to explain himself. He's like, well... <laughs> I love you. Look, the old yeah. watch look, too. Yeah. And I, Hank's read on these lines like, uh, just discovered, in you. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And this all, yeah, you're right. This whole exchange is like a vaudeville routine. Yeah. And and same with like... Uh, his, a little bit, yes. A little bit. Yeah, God. Uh, but yes, the line, uh, the amount of denial to say like, you sure you just haven't made thousands. Of, of mistakes, mistakes. yeah damn it that's such a good line <laughs> and, he- uh, that's hilarious. and the the visual of all the little koosh ball guys in the door it's a very like uh i don't know it's it's extremely memorable it's like an it's like an idea you're surprised you've never heard before yeah the seeing all the things pushed into a door and that they can't get in that's so funny i've seen that one used a lot in memes to explain like every bad thing gets in the way of each other so nothing bad happens i've heard it explain like the president's why he's still alive health wise it's like he's got three stooges syndrome (laughs) i also love that burn the exchange of burn saying like you may shake my hand like he's so happy that he's gonna allow a person to touch him but the other guy's like oh no thank you that whole sequence just the greatest and that it explains how burns is still alive even though he should be dead a thousand times over at this point and somehow will i love do these like no you're not indestructible in fact a slight breeze will kill you indestructible uh, and yes, then we cut to the ladies cleaning up, which, uh, boy, that's uh, it's bad. Including the rooms they've never been in. And uh, I do like the little uh, Burns and Smithers clones, including the cute little noise the Burns one makes at the end. That's cute. Goes, I like, do Yay. like that. Yeah. <laughs> and the gag that Marge seems to be shocked by seeing and she's like, oh, but she's just upset that there's a spot on it and she cleans it off. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Women love to clean. That's the, the their favorite thing to do, as, as, as Simpsons has taught me. And uh, the monkey knife fight I see memed a lot. It's like if two people are arguing online who you don't like, you yes. post the monkey knife fight. Oh, uh, God. With the names of every person. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely in the we're all on Twitter too much now. And so I've, I've definitely had the monkey knife fight moments of seeing 
two Twitter accounts I don't like arguing <laughs> with each other and be like, yeah, yeah, come on. It's a rare bit of a rare bit of safe entertainment. Look, it's we're we're living in hell because uh, Twitter has become reality because we don't get to go anywhere and do anything. We're we are all now too online. It's uh, but what are you gonna do? What you gonna do? <laughs> like not use Twitter? I think not. <laughs> no way. That sounds unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. I got me. Uh, and also as they pan across you can see Apu is naked dancing where I swear you can see like his scrotum a couple mm, times he, they closed in the nudie mart so he's gotta <laughs> go on this party boat he is very relaxed being nude in front of people at this point I, though honestly Apu I think is just enjoying getting away from his eight children at this point <laughs> that's why he's really partying that's true up. and it's weird to see Krusty without gloves in all these shots too like he's casual Krusty I wanted more of Krusty outside of his melon comment well it feels like it just feels like an odd choice to have crusty there as like a weirdly incidental presence um it's like i don't hate it but it is odd and i agree with the, about the gloves too it's like almost feels like an oversight to not have the gloves they, they belong <laughs> yeah i feel i don't know kirk van houten replace him in those shots same deal same deal yeah now we're talking and we know he loves to party like <laughs> actually yeah apu and nudity not only did was uh he arrested for being caught right. outside naked, that was an accident <laughs> but also at the saint patrick's day parade it's he who says everybody get naked, naked right so i think that's just uh just his thing i think that uh, his his immodesty is <laughs> is his thing uh and then we also get a uh a, a reference to raging bull which like i i wasn't too i wasn't like made uncomfortable by like an animal fighting joke until the idea of like mo saying he ain't pretty no more i'm like ah this horrible this poor monkey just got like horribly maimed and mo uh, had held that monkey in high esteem and uh, like in terms of his beauty i guess yes yeah <laughs> uh i mean mo was beautiful too once actually we're not too far removed from pygmalion either we're mm. not uh, soon soon he'll be beautiful uh and then the uh the coast guard shows up and we get a little comedy here though from what i've read one of the things they uh the Coast Guard can definitely arrest you and does not worry about international waters. Like, they've got maritime law on Yeah, their don't side. try this at home, everybody. Yes. Hey, Coast Guard, try and stop us now, you lousy Americans. We can't hear you. Come 300 feet closer. Nice try. <laughs> You're not going to nail us. But we just want to party. <laughs> oh, really? Then play some rock music. Come on, boy! The Coast Guard covering the Who's the greatest billionaire in the world? You Looks like another homosexual party boat. They always have such nice things. I don't uh, really know a lot about the Doobie Brothers. I had an uncle who was a big fan, so I don't recognize China Grove immediately. Mm -hmm. Me neither. No. The yeah, I, the unironic love of classic rock is something I'm, I'm like hesitant toward. I'm like, must we? <laughs> I mean, it's that for our generation, it's dad rock. Like this was yeah. my, if uh, my dad hated all music though, so not my dad specifically, <laughs> but dad rock. Uh, the but the Doobie Brothers, yeah. I when Homer said this joke just confused me until the commentary I would listen to, you know, ten years ago, uh, because I didn't know this song. And Homer says they're covering the Doob like that. Doob. I, that confused me too. I didn't know that was Homer using a nickname for the Doobie Brothers. Me too. And I think the, 
the read, it sounds a bit like he's saying covering the do. And so I'm like, is this a parody of saying covering the who? Like I got, a, I felt well off. I felt completely off a cliff. You didn't hit the B hard enough. And I got to say, uh, as Disney plus would say, outdated cultural depictions are in this episode, but yeah, I do yeah. enjoy the craziness of the Chinese pirates. Sure. With sure. their many parrots. <laughs> yeah. The parrots were, I will say, I'm sorry that it's bird violence, but the, the protracted punching of four parrots was very funny. I enjoyed that because I assume the parrots just like flew to a nearby perch <laughs> safely. Yeah. Uh, the the idea of an overcompensating pirate with four parrots on his shoulders, you know, Futurama had that other super pirate who oh, had multiple right. uh, like multiple eye patches and parrots. Uh, I, I think, think it this predates it. Determines your rank in this yeah. in this Chinese pirate outfit. Uh, another great joke with Homer. Uh, timed animation wise really well of him like dancing forward and dancing back and like as he dances back he keeps seeing more pirates are replacing his men yes but, and but he gets like optimistic as he dances forward i love you can see in his face he's like i bet if i go off screen again the pirates will go away yeah it's like the logic of the scene in his mind is like well this way there's no pirates right <laughs> yeah no, there was something about I, I was it in the news that there were a lot of chinese pirates at the time like chinese pirates got auto two seasons ago right exactly yeah, yeah. this is not their first chinese pirate show. you know obviously uh uh, 10 years or something after this there there be different pirate and ethnicities that people would make fun of but uh it was chinese pirates was a flavor I, in 2000 i guess they're from hong kong because that's what they call secret pirate islands that's a funny line but yeah. yeah also yes culturally insensitive they explicitly will not do this kind of casting now on the show indeed uh, I also like, uh, you can tell when Nancy Cartwright's singing along, she doesn't know China Grove, the song She's either. going, do, 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 <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the China Grove song, apparently that's named after a real town in Texas. So mm. that's, uh, but I don't think there's any actual, pl- I don't know the other meaning to the song. I bet they that. frown upon the smoking of doobies <laughs> and the brothers who do so. My first guess when something was called China anything from that era, it's about cocaine, I would have assumed. Or a great dishware you get when you get married. <laughs> and uh, and so the pirates round up all of his friends. And I do really like the joke that you they could obviously have just asked each person to hand them their valuables before they tie them up. But instead, they put them all into a, a, a net and then poke them for their wallets to fall out. That feels like another good sports wallery uh, touch, yeah. like making them into a giant pinata. And also, my bus pass! Yes. They took my bus pass! Uh, and Apu bemoaning that his nook and cranny is taken advantage of. Like, that yeah. was a great read. It's like, oh, so far the nook is, oh, they got me! Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the idea that they are shaking a net until valuables fall out is so funny. Uh, though, when you know what's coming and you see all the people in that net, you see named characters are on the bottom of that net i don't recall know? seeing any unnamed character on that boat like random extra number 43 it feels like yeah. they're all like named citizens we know from the past yes i think in the monkey knife fight you can see like a yeah. an old man who looks like a vegas high roller kind of guy we can who... presume that there are people like uh below the deck having fun in the yacht sure sure but but yeah, when you can see the named characters in this ball of people on the bottom, I think it bothered me even more the next thing that comes. But yes, after they announce that they're going to head to Hidden Pirate Island, Homer tries to beg for help from the Coast Guard. Help! Pirates! Navy SEAL 
heroes are on the way. Oh, bless you. How about a tactical nuclear strike? Oh, oh that would be just... You're just shaking my chain, aren't you? Perhaps this foghorn will answer your question. <laughs> Enough! Get in the net. I don't wanna! <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I, do not, do not, I do not approve of bird violence, but it's, it's, it's comical enough. Yes, yeah. That Homer misses him four times and punches a bird each time is pretty funny. And the bird makes the exact same sound each time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, getting a comedy womp womp, Adam. I, uh, Toby, do you know is like, is there an official term you would give that in a script or in a in a in a board? Well, good question because the thing that I was expecting was to hear an actual foghorn instead of a vocal doing a foghorn. But but no, I think that it's a womp womp or a, or a foghorn type thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I would always write it out as W O M P, but I've seen W H O M P too for the womp womp. I would never. <laughs> this also felt like a very Peter Griffin moment of him trying to save the day and instantly failing. I mean, even grabbing his leg in a similar style. Yeah, I love it though because uh, it is so so many bad things happen to him. You're not, you're not clear like what he was trying to do. Like he was going to swing on the rope to do something with a knife. And he burns his hands on the rope. He falls to the ground. He gets a Charlie horse. He puts the knife in his mouth to rub his Charlie horse. He hurts his mouth. He spits the knife out. It gets stuck in his hand. That's There's like great. five things that happen to him. That is great. In yeah. like 10 seconds. It's great. It's so funny. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't want to go back. I'm going to go back briefly to talk about Foghorns. Yes. On OKKO, we also would frequently reference the one in Doug, which is the Bew. <laughs> All right. I love that sound. Good old Fred Schneider. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it closes the scene perfectly to hear that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> feel free to feel free to put that in the appropriate spot, but I just had to mention Doug another time. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, we got to do a what a cartoon with Doug for you now. We've we've done Doug already, but we, there's always excuses to do more Doug. They're not <laughs> they're not brand spanking new. It's I just want to do. We're not doing Doug. TNG, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> well, wake, well, wake me when it is, TNG. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so Homer gets caught as well, put in the net. I love his exchange with Lenny of the shut up net face. Uh, and that leads, though, to, you know, I feel like we say there's a new low for Homer every episode. But uh, this, this was shocking to me as, a, as an 18-year-old or 17-year-old. Some party, Homer. Shut up, net face. Hey, you're in the net, too. I said shut up, Netface. Oh, we're gonna die, and I never tasted cantaloupe. Ah, you didn't miss much. <laughs> Honeydew is the money melon. And now we will cut you loose. For liability purposes, it is the ocean that will kill you, not us. Hey, what do you know? It floats. That was my plan all along. Now relax and the currents will take us home. What about the people on the bottom? They're the greatest heroes of all. Hey, something's clawing at my leg. Okay, it stopped. Oh, man. That's rough. It draws, it draws so much attention to the uh, lack of caring about the death. Yeah, I think it would have been a better... I mean, I wouldn't have done this joke to begin with because it makes Homer seem like the worst monster, even though this is not his fault, this stuff that's happening. Sure. No, you can't save these people, but... I think it should have the scene should have been ended at like Bart saying, "What about the people at the bottom?" Homer just going, "Hmm," and then just cut instead of like him recognizing that they're dying, him recognizing that they're, they're trying to breathe, and then saying, "Oh, it stopped." 
Homer is feeling a man die underneath yeah. him, like struggling and grabbing at his leg. It's, like, it's horrific. Yeah, it really is so, so awful. I mean, well, too, though, uh, okay, other than just the, the death of it all is I forgot how kind of a cop at it is. They're like, oh, we're floating and the currents will take us back. Everything's fine. Like what? You're still in a net in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> You're 12 miles out from land. That's d- that's defined by where you are. You're, the current's going to carry you 12 miles? Like, no. <laughs> uh, th- and why does the Coast Guard arrest them as they start to head back into... It, it's such a shrug they're of busy, an exit from that scene. They're busy fighting the pirates, the Coast Guard, I, right now. I guess, sure. The uh, the thing that I got hung up on was like, yeah, which characters are under there? Which ones specifically are getting killed? And uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I will say that uh, there's a YouTube video about it that I found fairly unhelpful. Nah. I think it's like Moe and Krusty, at least. Okay, I would say like every one shot person who never appeared again is at the bottom like dr yeah. s Hugh jazz <laughs> miss bots uh and like you know that at least a dozen people are dead yeah. like at least like it's the scale of the death too and how they just shrug and w- especially the the effort of the shrug too and like another wacky thing could have happened like a boat like crusty the clown actually had a clown boat that caught us or whatever and they could all fit into it (laughs) or we fell into a whale all right we're safe like (laughs) there there could have been a way to have your cake and eat it too have homer have homer when asked about it just be like "Eh," and then they go to the next thing before he can even say like (laughs) just you know there could there could have been a way to still imply the death or the or the drowning Without going so deep. Yeah, on. like Marge could have asked, like, what about the people on the bottom? Yeah. Like, That's the story for another time, Marge. Uh, instead, Homer has to directly tell you, I feel a man drowning under me. At least one, if not many others. Like, oof. But that comes right after the great gags of, like, shut up, net face, and also money melon. Like, what money a Money melon, thing. yeah. Honestly, the cantaloupe thing is honestly maybe my favorite joke in the whole episode. <laughs> it's uh, because it's, like, the cheapest melon. Whenever you, if you ever have fruit salad, it's, like, 83% uh, cantaloupe. Boo. Yeah. You get, like, two grapes in those things. Uh, one so. strawberry if you're lucky. God. <laughs> Yeah, if you get if you get a raspberry, that's like Christmas. Uh, I I if I see honeydew on like a buffet spread or whatever, I still think of it as a money melon. I I'll probably grab like one square of it at a Vegas thing. Just uh, now buffets are done though, so I'm just yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So them just floating back to safety is such an extreme cop out, and and yeah, Homer saying he feels a man struggling. And me going like, Ugh, like that is my strongest memory of seeing it as a 17 yeah. year old. But then you immediately get two like really great Bruns of Burns jokes. You do. You do. Yeah. As an antidote <laughs> to all this darkness. Uh, so uh, th- when they cut back from that to Marge and Lisa being satisfied with how well they did cleaning, that also just it hits even harder, maybe, I think. And uh, yes, Burns and Smithers arrive home. There's a weird like non sequitur joke that like smithers had something lay eggs in his brain i love how just matter of fact uh, burns is about this and i i so i think this is another meme thing or something as i hear in like dialogue or like people talking and uh quoting it frankly one is too many yes, in terms of yeah, how yeah. many how many eggs were laid in his brain <laughs> and in, you know as the as they say in in the contemporary parlance that's a big mood a big mood yeah i'm vibing <laughs> off of that mood <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, uh, but it, but it is funny. Frankly, one is too many. That's that's funny. Yes, and yes. Uh, Burns like walking through the house, looking at all all the obvious joke setups that weren't like activated. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Yeah, I actually yes, I have that in our second to last clip here. Smithers old chum, there's nothing like coming home with a clean bill of health. Oh, and sorry about your news. Thank you, sir. Do they know how many eggs it laid in your brain? I prefer not to know. Frankly, one is too many. <laughs> Ugh, the foul stench of youth. Well, let's see. Ming Vesa narrow column not knocked down. Priceless coins not used in vending machine. Yes, not bad. <laughs> Mr. Burns, pirates got your yacht. What? <laughs> well, I suppose some mishaps are unavoidable. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, furious George. <laughs> What have they done to your beautiful face? Oh, there, there. Smithers, this monkey's going to need most of your skin. Mm. Huh. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so wacky. <laughs> exhausted by it. Uh, on the commentary, they're like, we should have ended with that joke. Yeah, I Homer but, screaming yeah. over the credits is funny, but that would have been a good ending, too. The, uh, the phrase, most of your skin, <laughs> made me laugh a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, that uh, so here's here's an anecdote I've been sitting on for Ooh, a long time. It's hatching. Uh, so this Furious George gag, I thought nothing of it. I honestly forgot he even said that word, Furious George. Then in a, I believe it was a 2003 or 2004 comic by Evan Dorkin, the uh, creator of Milk and Cheese and the Eltingville Club. He did a comic called Dork, which he'd sporadically published. And it was just like a collection of short comic gags he did. And in one of them, he pointed out that in a 1992 strip, he did a joke about Curious George's mean cousin, Furious George. Mm. And then he, in 2004, did a response strip where he's like, Please stop telling me the Simpsons did Furious George. I know every it's a joke everybody thought of. Yeah, it's I'm like not a, doing him anymore. It's a very obvious pun. Yeah, but he's it was just funny. I I never even knew that he I never caught that he says Furious George because he says it so quickly it can't really hit that I didn't know that until Evan Dorkin called it out as uh, a thing he was sick of being alerted about by his fans. Oh, just because yeah, if you're Evan Dorkin, you're like I doubt that the Simpsons are directly referencing my cool indie comic here yeah yeah i feel like a lot of people it still happens they feel the need to tell me that they uh when they discover bob mackie the fashion designer exists they feel the need to tell me that yeah it's yeah. like i'm well aware thank you <laughs> wait do you wait wait do you share a name with famous british actor toby jones and get tagged in images of dobby the house elf on instagram oh my no. god toby i didn't even i should have i should have realized that immediately <laughs> When okay, so stop tagging me in those pictures, Bob. Please, Bob Mackie is like in his eighties, which means you know TikTok, like TikTok guy. Come on, it's gonna happen any day now. But when it happens, I'm gonna get a lot of tweets. Yeah, soon there will be just one. Yeah, uh, you know uh, that also reminds me of uh, in the games in games press adjacent world there was the tech writer Will Smith who he was an early adopter of Twitter he's always had at Will Smith 
and he cannot like every single day he gets added of like at ah, will smith what about this mm. like <laughs> i will say we're recording this in july so i hope bob mackie lives forever and yes, taints yeah. my legacy and seo uh, ranking <laughs> yeah. do i do i need to play the anti-death jingle to be uh, safe yes even though he's not in this episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? As long as I'm playing jingles, I should have done this jingle when we talked about the parrot stuff. Everybody hates birds. Thank right? you. Sorry, I talked over. <laughs> we have an everybody hates birds jingle now. Yeah, we never. I've always. I forget to use. I don't think we've had bird violence on The Simpsons since. So, uh, but yes, that's uh, the classic everybody hates birds jingle. I mean, look, this show has really brought my attention to the amount of bird violence in all animation. I say shut it down. It normalizes violence against real birds. I'm only half kidding. <laughs> Burns should have fired Homer for disfiguring his favorite uh, monkey, but apparently not. I think he's just in uh, such good spirits from being declared indestructible. Yeah. That he's just yeah. like, oh, well, things like that happen. I, and I guess Furious George must have swam back from the boat, I suppose. Sure. <laughs> Maybe he was in the net behind some characters. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, also, you don't even see the Simpsons get out of the net either. They just they just show up to be like, oh, your yacht was still like, oh, well. <laughs> like, no, no stakes either. I do love that Burns just shrugs off any stakes. He's just like, oh, oh well, it's bound to happen. <laughs> yeah, you would think, like, uh, if you wrote this a different way, the last scene would be whatever, Homer, whatever Homer's punishment would be at the plant for yeah. having fucked up so yeah. horribly. <laughs> Oh, you know, this is kind of embarrassing, but in the last week, I also watched the episode Boy Scouts in the Hood. And so in my brain, I connected both Lost and Sea scenes. So in my mind, even though I just watched this episode two days ago, I was like, oh, yeah, then they end up at the Krusty Burger. But no, that's a totally different episode. That's right. In, in that episode, too, Homer makes the pronouncement of, we'll just let the currents take us back <laughs> right. to land. Though I guess Homer was correct this time that the currents yes. took him back to land. Uh, yeah. Also in that episode, you know, Barney, well, Barney becomes a sailor. He doesn't get like impressed into it or like he's not stolen uh, by pirates. But yes, then we get uh, the moral of the story scene where Homer resists learning a lesson. After living like a billionaire, this place is kind of a dump. Nah, it's not so bad. Here we can spit on the floor. <laughs> Bart, stop that! Now, we may not have antique furniture or priceless artwork, but we have everything we need right here. That's right. Just because we're not rich doesn't mean that we don't have... Huh. Oh, no. I can't even finish. I want to be rich! <laughs> like these guys! <laughs> oh, I like all of the commentary. Clearly ad-libbing uh, Dan Castaneda, but I do like how he points out, like, uh, the voice actors are rich, but not as rich as they should be. Not as rich as they that's, should that's really be, funny. Yeah. yeah. I, I felt this way, though, when I, like, uh, so the current apartment I'm renting, I've been renting for, like, seven years, and I started renting it, uh, like, when I was basically making half the income I do now, so it's very modest, very small, and I kind of feel the resentment of, like, I just got back from somewhere nice, I gotta get back to this dump. <laughs> uh, every time we're in an Airbnb that's, like, a two-bedroom place. Yeah, it's like, I well, I was going to move to Canada uh, this year, but probably not going to happen. Hey, I, I still believe in you, Bob. They're personally closing the border just to spite me <laughs> and my love. One one day, all we're going to do is appreciate life so much more if ever we get out of this. Uh, I think about I think about all the fun I refused having, like going on trips and being like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just going to go back. Like, I don't know if I can. I don't know. 
I could never do that now. I'll, I, th- I think for at least a week, I'll be appreciating life so much more. <laughs> at least a week, yeah. No decision will be too impulsive. Uh, yeah. I do, you know, uh, I've had the thought of like, why couldn't this stuff happen when I was incredibly depressed at a job I hated and calling in sick all the time? Like this would have been enforced work from home when I hated that job. Instead, it has to happen now when when I'm happier. It's wasted (laughs) on me. Me too. Yep, yep. And look, I've complained about this so, so many times. And of course, my problems are very small, but I had big plans to go to Japan to watch the premiere of the final Ava movie. Uh, uh, when it came yeah. out and of course it didn't come out but my big plan was to i'd never been to japan my big plan was to go and to see the ava movie in theaters uh and of course uh nothing like that happened yeah uh we all made big plans and uh, they're all they're all crumbling in front of us well that plan uh, now all i have is the simpsons <laughs> hey you know it's it's uh fulfilling our lives quite well sure yeah no i oh. i also i like how homer you notice that homer doesn't say that when mike scully's name is on screen but instead the james uh, l brooks brooks and yeah. simon and matt they who are are much richer than mike scully yeah, yeah. I scully think- would get rich much later yeah i like whenever anybody talks to the uh gracie films person yes yeah. uh you rich bastard yeah i love that yeah that, well you know that this was part of a runner of homer screaming over the credits like this uh it wasn't too long ago that it ain't misbehaving he is you know being bitten by snakes over the credits all right too. oh yeah uh but it's i mean it's always funny to hear uh homer making noise over the credits and if you just ask dan to like ad libs some stuff he'll be funny uh you can you can count on that but yeah wacky wacky episode as you'd expect from john Swartzwelder for sure he's uh, he's captain wacky the last time homer talked to the gracie films person uh was in bart star he called uh, him or her shushy i i think it's a woman in the audience yeah, i always right. to be a woman yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're cut too shushy i guess a woman can be a bastard too isn't it uh, like in the bastard 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 sense of it sure <laughs> I wish I could fully love this episode, but my my distaste from my youth of seeing Homer nonchalant about the death of the other characters, that holds it back just a little bit for me. But there's way, of, so many times when we do these, there are so many moments in it that I forget as being part of this episode. So, and I guess my la- my last thought is free Britney. Hashtag free, free Britney. Me too. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Henry. I do think there's a great collection of jokes here and so many memes came from this and the burn stuff is great. I will knock at some points for Homer committing mass murder or just being a, uh, uh, you know, idle participant in mass murder, I guess. <laughs> Not wanting to help anybody, but uh, I'll let that pass. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, I, and I, I definitely agree with both of you on that. It's like the best you're probably going to get around this era is like at least there were a number of jokes that are you genuinely are going to laugh at uh, to kind of help uh, help chase the uh, the kind of more bummer elements. So it's like at least I laughed a few times. Oh, yeah. So, Toby, thanks so much for being on the show. I'm sure we'll have you back very soon. Uh, did you want to plug anything or let people know where they can find you online or talk about what you're doing recently? Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm Toby Toby Jones on all social media. Uh, I can't I'm not I can't plug anything going on right now because I'm busy working in the world of development. Mm. Uh, so in the meantime, you can catch up on uh, OKKO okay Let's Be Heroes on I believe it's currently on Hulu, which is a streaming service numerous people have. And, and that's about it for right now. Uh, until the 
future when hopefully something cool happens. If everybody watches OKKO on Hulu, you know, so who knows what the future holds? Who's to say? And also everybody should watch it because it's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and people should listen to our previous OKKO podcast on What a Cartoon with Toby because those were a ton of fun with also uh, the creator of the show ian jones cordy as well you two guys uh man and the regular show one we did with you and owen dennis that's another great one like uh, yeah that whole, that whole thing is on hbo max the hot new streaming service you can catch up on all of regular show there all six thousand episodes and the movie i always forget how many episodes there are yeah, it's but... the max amount of hbo allowed by law to come into your house <laughs> that's why they call it that uh but but thank you so much again toby always a pleasure thanks for having me so thanks to Toby Jones for being on the show. Please check out him online and also please check out OKKO. We love it. But as for us, if you want to check out more of our stuff and get all these episodes one week ahead of time and ad free, please go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. If you go there and sign up for five bucks a month, you'll get just that, but also everything behind the $5 paywall. That is over a hundred bonus podcasts at this point. That includes all of our limited miniseries. The most recent one was Talking Mission Hill. We went over the only season of Mission Hill with the Talking Simpsons slash What a Cartoon Treatment, and that's only on the Patreon. And if you sign up on the uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, you'll get everything we've done behind that paywall for the past three plus years instantly. You'll have access to all of it right then the second you sign up. And also, if you sign up for 10 bucks, you get all the $5 stuff and also one extra long podcast once a month that is only for patrons of that level or higher. That's correct, Bob. You're talking about the What a Cartoon Movie Podcast, where me and you talk about a different animated feature film in Talking Simpsons style often for over four hours long we've covered so many great movies most recent one would be ghost in the shell the 1995 anime classic right before that we did the disney bust the black cauldron and we had a lot of fun talking about the history of that too you can learn about all that over 90 hours of movie podcasts you can listen to on top of all that $5 stuff, if you sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. So as for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. And my other podcast is Retronauts. That's a classic gaming podcast. Find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts and sign up there for two exclusive episodes every month at patreon.com slash retronauts. Henry, how about you? Please follow me, Henry Gilbert, on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Anytime new stuff goes live, I'm tweeting about it. And you'll also stay informed if you follow the official Twitter account of this podcast at Talk Simpsons Pod, at Talk Simpsons Pod, new Patreon podcasts, free feeds, interviews. We talk about them and alert you to them on that. Even when we have a fun viral picture, we want to show you guys where you're tweeting about it at, at Talk Simpsons Pod. So please follow that account to stay informed. Thanks so much for listening, folks. We'll see you next time for Saddle Sore Galactica, and we will see you then. Oh, <laughs>
Oh, he's poor. But look at all other people. Oh, look at all the people who can buy and sell me. I should send a list of these names to the IRS. I'm taking them all down. Oh, look at all the rich people. Oh, oh, oh look at that rich. Uh, oh, don't judge me, rich bastard. 